six, five, four, three, two, one. Trail show liftoff. This month's trail show is sponsored by Rapid Pure Water Purifiers. Backcountry water is generally considered safe to drink when the three immediate threats are removed viruses, bacteria, and parasites. Rapid Pure Purifiers remove 99.99% of viruses, bacteria, and parasites. Traditional 0.2 micron filters aren't able to remove viruses, they're too small. Rapid Pure Purifiers remove pathogens 100 times smaller than traditional filters can as unique ultra-ceram technology works like a magnet to remove viruses, bacteria, and parasites. Rapid Pure's Intrepid water bottle is easy to use. Just fill the bottle with the water you want to treat, then drink through the straw for purified water. Want to use your own bottle? The universal adapter screws onto your favorite wide mouth bottle to turn it into a purifier. Available at REI EMS Sportsman's Warehouse. You're tuned to The Trail Show. Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller. Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter. Never slap a man who's chewing tobacco. Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo. I'm against historical trash. Mike Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. Junaid Special 41 Daoud. And I can't help but think that you know Trail Show Bob. Daniel Out of Order Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's The Trail Show. All right! Woo! Arriba, 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 Blind, Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in both historic Salida, Colorado and semi-historic Boulder, Colorado, this is The Trail Show. The Trail Show is the longest-running podcast on the planet, not just podcast, but it's a hiking podcast. It's a hiking podcast. Right. We aren't actually the longest-running <laughs> podcast. Um yeah. yeah, we actually were the first uh, people to ever do a podcast. That's ever. true. To be fair, I was on a, a Skype call for my dad's birthday the other day, and he thought he was doing a podcast. <laughs> he was like, I mean, is, this, is this a podcast? Is this what the youth are doing? No. If you, if you record it and put it up on a thing, uh, it's pretty much a podcast. Folks, we've been downloaded over 1 million times in 150 countries across the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide wherever you download your favorite podcasts, including Spotify and at thetrailshow.com. All right, folks, we're still dealing with a global pandemic, and we are once again practicing physical distancing. That's right. Which is why all of us are in separate recording locations. P.O.D. and I are here in Salida. With Max. Uh, Special and Triple O are in Boulder, and we think D.Lo is going to join us also in a little bit from boulder in a little bit and we're going to have some other folks join us via zoom tonight maybe we'll get zoom bomb maybe maybe can't wait for that um hope it's good what's on the menu well we've got a lot of stuff i mean despite the uh the distance uh we have a lot going on so um we've got our beer of the month uh we got a donor this month and Unfortunately, only Disco and I can drink the beer that was donated. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, because there wasn't plenty of time the, to send some to us. Yeah, there, I didn't realize all uh, sending mm-hmm. of packages had been stopped. 
Yeah. Yeah, the the post office is closed. That's right. We can't actually ship anything. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh huh. We're gonna have some trail news. Uh, we have our trail of the month, the route in between with Larry Boy. The rib. And we have a. Wait a minute, with who? Larry Boy. Larry Boy. We have an interesting uh, media conservation um, interview with Connor the Bard D Vane, as opposed to the B Vane. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I've got some quarantine questions for everybody. Those will come up later. Oh, Trail excellent. tips. Maybe we'll do a quarantine tip. Trail tips. Ooh, I've, um, I've got a few of those. Oh, we have a cool wild card segment that we're going to get into later. Uh, we have some hotline calls, some mailbag items, tons of donors as usual. Thank you so much. And ask a hiker if D'Lo makes it. Our gear review and our wild card segment are going to going to go hand in hand. Wait, and, really? Because oh. I had an idea for uh, an adaptation for this for the coronavirus quarantine protocols. No, but that's not doesn't have to do with tent stakes. Is that a trail tip though? It does. It does. It was oh, going to be oh, how okay. to use it was going to be like how you can use your tent stakes in the home. Cool. <laughs> All right. That's sounds So, we've got maybe multiple. Are, uh, are we going to mention or should we not mention the unofficial trail show Facebook fan group? You can mention it. Why? Well, I, I don't yeah, have to mention it. I mean, it. Would, would, would I don't that, think we should would officially make it official. It. Wouldn't that make it official? Yeah, I don't think. We I mean, should it's talk kind of a it. secret. Like people find it on it, their own. I yeah. think it's okay. already weird enough that I'm on there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like it's like self-adulating somehow. Well, I didn't even know about it until today. And oh, really? Yeah, it it, it brought a big smile to my face. Good job, Trail Show fans, bringing a smile to this Disco's face in this yeah. in this difficult about, time. About the only thing they can do that these days is his very frequent, I'm sure, trips to the hot tub. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hear you're yo-yoing the hot tub trips. Yeah, basically. I'm I'm doing two a days for sure. I still haven't hit three a day, but it's on my bucket list for the month of April. So I'll keep you posted. So, so are these like two a day, but they're each like four hour shifts in the hot tub. <laughs> you got yeah. like a, you got you got like your desk set up out there, a little laptop. <laughs> Some sort of vapor hey man, barrier for don't it. Don't judge. Don't judge. Okay. That's not. This isn't judgment you're hearing. This is envy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So before we, I've, just, I've got my my hammock, but it's not. It's no hot tub. <laughs> right. Before we yeah. we get into the show, we've got a, a live caller right now. Oh really? Ooh. We're adding someone. Who? Who? Heaps. What? Heaps. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. Sorry to oh, there you answer. are. Heaps, man, you have three children, and you still look like you're 22. What, yeah, what how gives? do you do it? What's your secret? What's your secret? Uh, started young. <laughs> Does that mean you're actually 22? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you start at 12, you know. All right. Heaps, it's Friday night at 6.30 here in Colorado. What day and what time is it in New Zealand? We're at 12.30 on Saturday. Okay. Noon? Yeah. Noon, yep. Oh, That's why I was just okay. getting off uh, lunch is being served in the other room. I can I can skip lunch for a little bit. No, right. you're too skinny, man. We won't keep you for very long. <laughs> you're yeah. a growing boy. You need your calories. <laughs> so, heaps, that's right. You're only 22. You're in your 20s. you got to eat a lot. Yeah, you might hit a growth spurt any that's day right. now. You don't want to have a mineral deficiency. You're one of our, our first uh, live callers. Uh, in the history of the Trail Show podcast, we, we've had a couple. 
What's your story? Tell us what are you up to? What questions do you have? And do you like Special's background of the dart frog? And also tell us what's going on in New Zealand. Yeah, tell us what's going on in New Zealand. Uh, Well, we're in uh, lockdown uh, about two and a half weeks in. uh, So we've got a week and a half left, but it might be extended. So in theory, everyone is supposed to stay home and you can only go out for essential services such as uh, food. Okay. Have you been? What about alcohol? Are the the bottle shops the open? Market sell alcohol, no counts. Um, but I think just bottle shops are closed, but uh, supermarkets have uh, all. Of, uh, what about food. meat pies? Can you still get meat pies? Yeah, yeah, that's a crucial question. Su- supermarkets have meat pies. I know. And uh, the local uh, the dairies, the convenience stores, I guess you call them. Yes, uh, uh-huh. they're, they're they're still open because people can walk to them. Uh, so that's good. Pretty much everything else is uh, is work from home. What about are, your national are your trails parks closed? Yeah, and things like that. Uh, yeah, because uh, we, you can walk around your neighborhood. If you happen to live near a beach, you can walk up and down the beach. But people who are driving long distance going there are uh, again turned back by police stops in some cases. Our uh, health minister um, drove 20 kilometers and with his kids to a, to a beach and has been uh, seriously told off by the prime minister about it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Stuff. Yeah, I guess they're taking it. Is pretty there like seriously. a video of that that we can get a link to? Because that sounds like it might <laughs> it might be fun to watch. Uh, well, she's having daily press briefings. I uh, assume they're being recorded somewhere, but um, I don't oh. know if she's doing, uh, just the stats rather than the talk. Because the, the talk she's been really impressive in terms of uh, shutting people down. Where there's been someone early on asked, um, "Are you going to investigate?" Uh, oh, there, there's some people in a cafe. Um, should they be closing down? And she was like, "Give me the name of that cafe." Every, you know, no questions. This is that place should be shut down. And I was like, yeah. Wow. She's taking names and kicking ass and she's doing really well. Awesome. Uh, and our numbers are going down, which is impressive. We've got more people cured than uh infected um for the last three days in a row, I think. Oh. So you guys are you guys are turning the curve fast then. Yeah, well, it's a actual curve. It's not just yeah. uh, leveling off. We're, uh, we're, well, we're down. Uh, we're I don't know. The US is still some cities are are plateauing, but there's a lot of the country that's right. not it's that's a, still in the upswing. We're so giant. It's kind of difficult yeah. to, to see what's really going on. Well, and I, I wonder too, like, you know, if you got some places that start to uh, uh, lax and things and other places that haven't, we might have some, it might, it might be a little bit more of a bumpy curve than. Yeah. Than, yeah. I think so. Imagine with the States, it, it could just echo around coming waves. We're, we've got a pretty good natural border around us. As long as we don't accept any tourists, we, right. we can, uh, We've actually got the chance of cutting it off. What is, are, are they allowing people from different countries to fly into New Zealand right now or no? No, I don't think any uh, non-residents can come back in and any residents that do, they've got to have a plan of where they're going to stay mm. and stay isolated for two weeks. And if they don't have that, then they're putting them up in various, like the government have commandeered, I think some hotels and some caravan parks and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, That's a pretty ideal situation to deal with what we're dealing with, I'd say. Yeah. You guys are in pretty... Wait, I mean, Disco and POD, are you guys kind of heartbroken that you can't go to New Zealand to hike right now? Um, I know, I know how much you love. There's loads of road walking. That's true, road walking. We could road that. Could we road walk, or would we get turned back even road walking? As long as it's a loop trail around the neighborhood, you're okay. Okay, so we could just do loops around Auckland, maybe, in all like four months of loops. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Four months of road walking. Four months of road walking. I think I've already done that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. 
Oh, man. Well, we hope that you've at least been able to get out to your yard and listen to the trail show while you're, you know, tending tending yep. your garden. Yard, yard work is where I get most of my uh, trail show listening in. Um, build a chicken coop, mow the lawn. It takes three to four hours, which pretty much covers a uh, trail show. Do cool. you have, since I've we've been at your house, we've stayed there with you. Thank you for putting us up. You have a pretty pretty awesome backyard, especially. Do you have any um, tips for D'Lo? Trampoline. Ah. Put a trampoline in there. Kids, kids will be um, used later. Speaking of kids, here's Ruben Rucksack. Hey, Ruben! Hey! Long time no see, buddy. Ruben, you probably don't remember us. You were very small. Oh, he remembers I, he, does he? He, he? he was sitting here a moment ago with his book. Uh, the the second uh, trail show book, if you count the I hike as uh, your first, then this one because it features you to count it as your book. Oh, right, very cool. Um, yeah, uh, trampoline because you can just uh, tell the yeah. kids don't have to leave the property, but they can do several miles worth of bouncing. Uh, I don't know if they there. allow trampolines in Boulder. There's too much risk for injury and stuff, you know. Oh. Kids are well, very fragile. You get one of those ones with a cage, get a cage around the outside, and then they can just—it's like cage fighting, bouncing. Cage. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're allowed they're allowed to have trampolines as long as you also use one of those fully encapsulating bubble things. I see. You I know? see. Yeah. yeah. So the, really, the trail show tip is cage fight with your kids. <laughs> no, between <laughs> your kids, not with your kids. Between yeah. your kids, send yeah. them out yeah. together. Oh. And yeah. just squirt the one if they get into edgy. Ah. <laughs> so for our listeners, we um, uh, Heaps lives in New Zealand, and um, he is a PCT through hiker and has a really cool YouTube video. We'll post a link. And um, his dad, Dennis, is a section hiker of the PCT, and they both, uh, both Craig and Dennis, took us in when we came to New Zealand. They're friends with the Noodleheads and did us so many favors and took such good care of us. Was definitely the highlight of the trip, and yes. um, they took us in off the streets. Oh man, more than that! And uh, Dennis has been doing sections, who now known as Goodwill. He's been doing sections of the PCT, so that's pretty cool. But while we were hiking the um, the Te Araroa, there's this the Tongariro crossing, which is a s- section that's uh, straight out of uh, what is it? The movie I always forget the uh, the Hobbit. Star Wars. <laughs> what did you say? Star Trek. No. Um, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Ra- like, Raiders of I, the Lost I said Ark. the Hobbit, but anyway, okay. it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's uh, what, 13 <laughs> miles, 17 miles? How far is it? 19K, I want to say. Okay. It's 19K, and it's up and over. I mean, it's not necessarily the easiest hiking. No. It is. You hike through some craters and up and over a pass. And Ruben was, what, four at the time? and a half oh my god yeah and he hiked all the way up to the high point with us and then he was asleep the entire way down i couldn't believe it uh heaps carried him for like three hours and he was asleep and i was like that that's that's right there that's first of all an amazing parent and second of all i don't think i can ever do that i'd be like i'll come back for you tomorrow see ya (laughs) so i was really impressed (laughs) He slept through the afternoon, and then we got back, and we're all tired, sitting around at the hut. Yes. He's back up again, and right. running around like all my now, just as a little nap, and he's sorted. Uh huh. Good times. Good times. Good times were had by all. Yeah, definitely. And um, uh, since then, they've done the the um, Nel- Abel Tasman National Park. That's, a, that's a really epic one. 
Um, so the Able Tasman is another highlight. If you do want to come to New Zealand and you don't want to do trail uh, road walking, the Able Tasman. It's not, yeah. uh, it's not officially part of the GRO, but it's one of the most amazing uh, hikes <laughs> in New Zealand. I've heard that. You got a full house in there, heaps. Yep, they're all yeah. they're all coming out now. They're like ants. Heaps also has a very impressive Lego collection. If you have some rare oh, yeah. or or important Legos and you're looking to pass them on to someone, you should you should contact Heaps. He'll take them off yeah. your hands. I should show you the little uh, PCT um, monument that I built out of it. Oh name. really? Oh, oh nice. that's so cool. I would have liked to make it out of uh, wood, but I'm not nearly as good as a carpenter. So uh, I see. A few Lego pieces. <laughs> Right on. Cool. Well, it was awesome to check in with all of you guys. Yeah. Great, great um, to see you guys again. Stay safe, all uh, four of you there, and um, RIP Max. Yeah, <laughs> right. He, he's right there. I'm picking his nose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, um, I guess we should should get on with the rest of the show. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, good to see you all. Good to uh, see you. There's another one here, too. <laughs> and we'll right. see you next year on the CDT. Yeah. See you in Colorado. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right. So, should we get to the Man, rest of the show? Thought, that was fun. I was hoping we would get Zoom bombed with like porn or something, but we just got Zoom bombed with like competent leadership. And I was like, oh, that's so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> such a much bigger turn on than anything else. Right? I, I forgot to ask him. Apparently, the Prime Minister designated the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny as essential workers so that they will be uh... around during this time. That's pretty cool. So the kid, yeah, kids have nothing too. to worry about. That's great. All right. Cool. Well, that's, um, that's convenient. Yes. Should yeah, because what you really want is someone going around to every house in the country. <laughs> <laughs> but well, the, hey, I mean, that's, that's, that's better than a bunch of teeth piling up. Yeah. True. That's, true. that's a good point. They're going to wear a mask. Yeah. Well, should we do trail news? Ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we have trail news with Special 41. Here it is. All right. So um, as we'll come as a little surprise to uh, most of our listeners, kind of topping trail news uh, this month is that uh, the trails are uh, trails are all closed. What? Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I feel like that's kind of got to be the the first thing that we talk about, which is that, yeah, yeah. the the PCTA, um, the the ATC, all all the major trail organizations have basically said, "Hey, uh, now's not the time to go hiking. If you're out through hiking, please go home." Um, and uh, there have been a few people who have flaunted this or whatever, and and uh, gone hiking anyway, and and have been met with some uh, some backlash from that. Yeah, um, but. Basically, all of the uh, major trail organizations are saying, and you know, this isn't just the trail organizations either. This is like various outdoor advocacy groups and people that would normally be spending a bunch of money on campaigns to tell you to get outside and go get on the trail and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, right now they're using all of those resources to tell everybody to, to stay home and to, this is not the time to like, potentially go into uh you know rural and mountain communities um maybe you're you've got it and you don't even know it and you bring it into these communities and and uh they don't have the hospital or medical resources in order to be able to deal with even a small outbreak 
Um, so you, you look at how taxed even large areas or large like places like Denver or New York that have huge facilities and they're and they're getting taxed right so uh anyway um yeah there's been i mean if you just uh you know hit google with the pct or cdt or at hike and canceled and ended and dream crushed choose your uh choose your 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 search terms and you'll you'll find quite a few uh stories that are popping up um uh, this i've i've found I've been getting a lot of, of news alerts of people's um, <clears throat> like hometown papers printing stories about uh, so and so having to call their hike early, or you know they were all ready to go, and then this hit, so they're not going out and getting ready to hike now. And um, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's sort of the 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 anti wild effect, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's one way to think about it. You know, I think it's too bad that all these trips are getting canceled but i also think that and i i totally understand because it's crushing when you've planned a long hike and totally it comes in especially i think if you have already been a long distance hiker so you know what it's like you know and then it gets canceled but at the same time i feel like also people are dying and yeah, yeah. i think complaining about complain to your friends about your about your canceled trip do that but i think putting it on social media and stuff is for me, I feel like that's a little insensitive. That's all. Well, and you know, I will say that the accounts that I've read have not been ones where it's like people are are saying, "Oh, you know, I feel like I should still be able to be out there and go hiking." There have been some of those people who are like, "Well, this is BS. I'm going to keep hiking." Right. But I think for the most part, the the coverage that I've seen, the the stories that I've perused have. Yeah. have mainly been like yeah and here's another unfortunate impact of of totally. all of this is uh these people who have you know been planning for years and saving for years and getting ready to go like they've they're not getting getting to do the big thing you know uh, i think i've seen backpacker outside like i said tons of local papers that are printing stories like this yeah so unfortunately this is really going to be w- one of those years where uh everybody's thing uh is canceled you know um regardless of of what activity it is and and you know i will tell you on monday i i I felt like i had a bit of a minor freak out because i'm like my gosh even like the thing that i would i would do if i was totally you know needed to get away i can't i can't even throw all my crap in my backpack and walk walk off into the woods for for a couple of weeks you know if i wanted to like take some time off work and i gotta tell you I'm in a pretty comfortable position, right? So I'm I'm on salary. I'm working from home. My work continues, uh, so I'm pretty low impact. And I was getting stressed out about like, oh man, everything's closed. All yeah. the stuff that I've been wanting to do, things that were on my calendar. Uh, and I think it was kind of uh, for me reading some of these accounts of people who, man, I remember how excited I was on on my first or second through hike you know and to uh to be out there and and then have to come home or to be to have spent all this time and energy to go and then not be able to pretty tough thing to swallow even if you know that it is for obviously extremely important and like you know this is a big deal this is this whole world's in this thing together you know so our friend uh the danish bear 
<clears throat> had his permit to hike the PCT. And then coming from Denmark. Yep. And then so that got he couldn't fly over. That got canceled. And the the worst part is that he was going on work leave <laughs> pretty what, mid March? Yeah, or something. So I mean so he couldn't come over and hike the PCT and he's out of a job because he'd already scheduled work leave. Yeah. And it's just like a whole culmination of Oops, just sorry. bad, oh, just bad everything. I mean, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I totally get it. And he complained to us and, and didn't complain on social media. And I think that's correct. And and just, again, I, I totally hear you. I've had my summer plans canceled before too. They weren't as yep. extensive, but um, I'll also say people are dying and also yeah. people are out of work and not able to feed their families. So just try to, if you're one of those people, you totally have a right to feel devastated, but just remember that there's other people who their plan was to continue surviving and now that's that uh, plan's getting crushed. Yeah. So try to have some perspective. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, that's kind of honestly the theme with, most trail news this month you know outdoor retailer has been closed um oh summer retailer yeah Yeah, that makes sense yeah one good thing that i'll 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 mention real quick and this may have changed since the date of this publication but uh there's a number of uh trail projects with the colorado 14ers initiative um that apparently they are are saying are still going to be a go for this summer so I kind of wanted to talk about that for just a second. I don't know whether these particular projects will end up still happening. Um, the date of this publication was, uh, gosh, I don't know why my internet's so slow. It's not like I'm on a Zoom meeting or, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is like, so. it doesn't really matter because all of that stuff is like subject to change at this point, you know? But tell us yeah, about ex- it. Exactly. So, um, uh, this was updated April 8th. Yeah, in any case, uh, it's just talking about the fact that there's going to be, you know, there are going to be small crews uh, that will be out continuing to do uh, some uh, field or um, uh, trail work uh, while following strict social distancing uh, things. So they're basically going to do things like have, you know, this person was working over here and the next person's going to be. Hmm. 50 feet up the trail working on another sort of a segment or something like that was kind of the impression that I got from the, right. the thing that I, I read. But in any case, um, you know, uh, I, I just wanted to talk about this um, to also sort of talk about all of the things that are still, all the people that are still working uh, in order to, to keep things running even on this like skeleton crew sounds like you guys are getting that Sorry, amber we, alert we too huh got an amber alert um, yeah it's coming in on mine too let me turn that off okay so yeah um you know work continues right so there's a lot of a lot of the stuff that's behind the scenes um but there th- that continues to happen uh, uh the grocery store workers i think you know are sort of the uh, some of the big heroes or whatever in all of this, they're still going to work. They're still having to, to be exposed to, to everybody. Right. Um, so the, some of these essential workers who are still doing, doing stuff, obviously the nurses and the medical staff that are, that are uh, actually taking care of patients and, and whatnot. Um, 
So I guess I just wanted to say like a big shout out to everybody that's still having to go out and and do a job that puts them in the the line of exposure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, for the for the benefit of the rest of us, um, and 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 you know, unfortunately, uh, some of those people are going to end up getting sick. You know, totally. and already have. And so, uh, yeah, uh, all the stuff that keeps moving forward, know, know that there's people out there working and that, and that they continue to, to uh, do their jobs and to bear the cost of this. So, um, hey, I don't, real, know, real I don't quick, know that I've got any. Yep. On that, on the whole coronavirus tip, because we're going to be on that tip a good bit tonight, it seems like. It's April 10th, I'll just say, and what we've heard is that next week, starting as early as next week, there's going to be antibody tests. And what I'll tell you is that almost within two days of our last show's taping, I got sick for two weeks, and I stayed home, and I quarantined, and I'm pretty much been quarantined since March 14th. But anyway, <laughs> I'm definitely interested in, you know... I. I wonder if if maybe what I had was coronavirus. If I did, it was kind of a mild to moderate version of it. I don't know, but I I think a lot of us are going to probably be interested in getting an antibody test at some point to see if we've been exposed. Because again, some people are asymptomatic yeah. entirely. They don't get sick sure, at all. Sure, or or the, or their symptoms are very very mild. Yeah, I've had like a little bit of a cough. You know, is that just a little bit of a cough, or is that coronavirus? You know, hard to say. Um, so, yeah, there's a there's a lot of that kind of um, uncertainty that that is uh, just out there at this point with with all of this. Um, obviously, the capacity for for testing uh, is just not there, right? So, um, yeah. And then I'm going to talk about one more story, I think, uh, for Trail News. And then I'll probably go, maybe I'll talk about two, actually. All right. One is uh, the van life people. Hashtag Um, van life. Yeah, hashtag van life. Uh, You know, turns out sort of a difficult thing to do when you're supposed to be like Mm. quarantining and and whatnot. And um, I only just today saw a a couple of things about this in like the RVing retirement community people as well. But yeah, like, you know, a lot of these people are used to being able to go on like BLM land or other public lands that are currently closed. Um, so, you know, there's some RV parks that have, that have uh, closed down uh, others that have gotten like too full and so there's nowhere for people to go. There's always the Walmart um, parking lot. Well, you know, um, apparently there's been there's been some folks that have been told to like move on from huh. from the WalMarts and stuff like that too. So, uh, you know, when you're out, when you're living on the road already, um, things are a little bit yeah, you know, ad hoc and tenuous anyway. Uh, so add in this whole idea of oh you're supposed to be social distancing and and sheltering at home. Well, if your home is parked in a wherever, usually right. uh, lots of those wherevers are are no longer okay for you to be. Friend of the trail yeah. show, Ron Moak of Six Moon Designs, I think had to end a big van trip he was on. He was actually down in Mexico, and I think he had to drive back to Oregon. Wow. So. Oh well, wah 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 wah. 
yeah, van life is difficult if you're in a global pandemic situation, as uh-huh. it turns out. It just shows kind of the same thing with through hiking is you're not really a survivalist out there on your own in any of these scenarios. You're no. still connected to the world. You still need to go grocery shopping. You still need to come in. Yeah, exactly. For gas and stuff like that. So yeah. there's no, there's, it ruins that illusion. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, you know, uh, the solo intrepid traveler braving everything on their own. Yeah. Not so much. Um, we're, we're all pretty reliant on each other out here. So, um, okay. On the last story, uh, if you've got $635,000, you can buy California's oldest home on the market. So apparently this house is how much old 635,000, which seems like it's not bad for California. Yeah. But if it's the oldest house. Yeah. Yeah, it was built in 1801. It's a cedar, a cedar cabin. Is that D'Lo? Is that D'Lo? D'Lo's here. He wants to renovate that house. D'Lo, is that is that D'Lo? Yeah. It's so me. wait, all I had to do is start talking about home improvement, and and it summoned the D'Lo. That's right. Yeah. It's no wow. coincidence. It's no coincidence. Well, it's my psychic energy. I happen to know that you were talking about home improvements right now, and so I quickly joined the Zoom call uh, without even cleaning up. After dinner, D'Lo, Didn't your even... audio sounds like complete. Shit. Can you put your headset on? Uh, you know, I can't actually. No, I, I have no, I have no headset. Oh, uh, sorry, man. Maybe you can uh, move the computer really close to your face. Yeah. I can. I can. It sounds like you're you're speaking to us from inside a porta john. Is that any better? A little bit better, yeah. I Is think a... the closer it gets to your face. If you could just like uh, find a way to mount it onto your chest, could you just du- <laughs> could you just duct tape it to your chest? That's perfect. No. The the what worse happened? the Where... video is, the better the sound quality. So wait a minute. Do all four of you have headsets, and I don't? That's correct. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, your headset got canceled. Ordered got canceled twice. So this is Disco's old headset that he's had forever. When school got canceled, I needed a headset. So I took his old one because it's actually too small for his giant head. Yeah. And he ordered a yeah. new one. Yeah. And then, oh, actually, I don't have that headset on. <laughs> what am I talking about? No. And then when we decided to do the show this way, he ordered headsets for everybody else. But apparently yours got canceled. Yeah. Twice. Three times even. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, don't uh, worry. I'll be, I'll be here and I will be here because I have to put my children to bed. Okay. Uh, you'll be in and out. I'll yeah. be in and out. So, can you stay for this last news item so then we can do beer of the month? Sure. Actually, it doesn't matter because you're not going to do it. Never mind. Okay. So <laughs> the last last news item. Uh, yeah. So this this California home built in 1801, cedar cabin. Um, it's the oldest currently listed home in California, hmm. uh, and it's and it's right right by the PCT. Uh, yeah. There's some lovely photos of it that I found. So if you want to go set up your own little um, in Wrightwood, California, PCT, angel hosting thing, then then just take $635,000 of your hard-earned money and go stink up this cabin with hiker funk. Gross. That sounds Um, like a fantastic idea special. Cool. Hey, but you know what? Not this year. No, not this year. Not this year. (laughs) All right, that was it. Trail News was special. He just ran out of his 
Zoom room. All right, let's and do. Now uh, he's back. Let's do beer of the month. Zoom. And now it's time for Mike DiLorenzo's beer of the month. Dilo, take it away. Oh my God! I think Tron is joining. I think we're in Tron. Um. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what we're drinking, but I know that POD and Disco are drinking it, and I am not. And for that reason, I am uh, a little upset about being being put on oh the spot God. tonight to do Beer of the Month because Beer of the Month is not here for me. It's not here. I see like those toilet paper hoarders. Yeah, hoarders out there in Salida. That's right. Dilo, are you, you drinking just... out of a goblet? I'm drinking some wine because we're just winding down a uh, Passover Seder that was a day too late. Oh, did... is is there another Seder? Is there a Passover Seder and another Seder? Or is that just yeah, redundant? Yeah, there's two seders. Oh, there's what's two the other seders, one? And I actually have a, I have a fundamental issue with the fact that there's two seders. Hmm. Because the Israelis don't do two seders. They just do one seder. But when is the, the other Jews, one? The Jews that are outside of Israel do two seders so they don't miss one or something. Somebody once explained it to me. <laughs> when is the other seder? It was actually last night and the night before. Wait, they're, they're two days in a row? Oh, is it like one? It's supposed to be on the time in in Israel. That is when it's supposed to happen. Perhaps you know. I, I don't. I don't know, man. Some some Israelis explained it to me once, and I, I don't. I don't remember. Dilo, aren't you Irish Catholic? Yeah, I'm actually not Jewish. Okay, that's all right. Anyone can celebrate. Or no Italian Catholic. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell uh, you no, about. I'm not really Catholic. I wouldn't call myself Catholic. Are you Italian though? Yes, I'm Italian. So is this an Italian seder? No. Did you I mean, guys yeah. have some Italian pork sausage at your Seder? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, no, what? I, uh, <laughs> I made a potato oh. kugel. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, uh, that's <laughs> interesting. Let me get to the beer. <laughs> Look at uh, Dilo's background. You got to right. work Dilo's on that green screen, cons- man. You got a construction <laughs> background. You got to work on that green screen. All right. So uh, tonight... <laughs> Uh, let me just say, first of all, the beer is compliments. Oh, this beer is fantastic. Martin Swank. Do you have that letter? Uh, no, we'll, we'll go get it. Or you can go get it if you want while I'm talking about this. Okay. on the counter. I'll grab it. Uh, compliments of Martin Swank. And he, um, is raising money. He's trying to raise money for, uh, this, this organization called nomoredeaths.org. They also have no, no mas muertes. And um, he actually sent us the beer last month, but then we ended up not using it because we had so much beer and just the two of us. So um, anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Isn't that when there was still a mail service? Uh, no, there was not. Oh, there's not still mail service. You know, couldn't you have uh, sent us some, some of that beer? So Martin Swank. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you're saying is two months in a row now y'all have been hoarding the beer. That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the toilet paper, all the beer. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, the beer could have been sent to us. Actually, we yeah. have. So, oh, I know. We have yeah. so much beer. Oh, I know. That we actually use the beer as a backcountry bidet instead of using toilet paper. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, wait a minute. So, oh, like, the insult. Of, instead of shotgunning a beer, you use it as a bidet. Hey, you can't talk about shotgunning. Let's, let's look well, at that video probably, again of your failed shotgun I, I, in the shower. Dilo, I think what they do is one of them shotguns it and then uses that as the bidet for the other. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So Martin Swank uh, wants to raise money for nomoredeaths.org, which is an organization that basically tries to help undocumented immigrants not die 
in the deserts of the U.S. Um, they're not political. Um, they're just looking for uh, people to volunteer with doing water caching or if you have financial resources. And they're just trying to make it so that people don't die. That's their only goal. They're, they're not trying to... What's his letter say? Peter? It says, hey, trail show. I'm not a big drinker. So I'm a little insecure that the beers procured are not necessarily representative of the funky experimental side of breweries in Kansas City and Kansas at large. There's a pretty good variety, though. And I will say that the beers that it's we've had so far have been fantastic. Incredible. Uh, did you all know who ranks second to last in access to public land? That's right. Kansas, baby. 1.9%. Ooh. Yeah. Oof. It, any place is paradise if you say it is. I'm going for a walk in paradise. Fun can be had in the land without mountains. Um, hiking in the woods allows a traveler to imagine comfortable enclosures, one leading to the next, and the walker can possess those little enclosed spaces. But the prairie and plains permit no such possession. Whatever else a prairie is, grass, sky, wind, it is most of all a paradigm of infinity. A clearing full of many things except boundaries. And its power comes from its apparent limitlessness. There is no such thing as a small prairie. Anymore, there is a little ocean. And the consequence of both is this challenge. Try to take yourself seriously out here. You bipedal p plotter. You complacent cartoon. And that is from William Least Heat Moon. That was a quote. Uh, we are all lucky to be able to move through these places. I encourage anyone else who recognizes this delightful privilege to locomote freely to donate to No More Deaths who provide humanitarian, quote, trail magic, unquote, to those who walk not for recreation, but for survival. Donate money, supplies, or time. And, and the prairie thing, Martin Swank was going to do a through hike through um, Kansas but then he ended up, I think, tearing his ACL. So he had, he uh, also had to, that's he, I mean, and he did that, I think, just a couple of weeks before his trip. And it was going to be like a month-long mm. thing. So he also had to to retool. But anyway, he sent us these beers. and, and I, uh, he's Excellent hoping, beers. Yeah, we enjoy them. And he's also hoping to raise awareness for nomoredeaths.org. Uh, and so far, Disco and I have had the... Um, Crane Brewing, there's a couple. This one is the uh, Trailsmith, and it's a Belgian-style ale. Delicious. And I also had the Belgian Blonde from Martin City Brewing, which is also delicious. I had just had the Yakamaniac IPA from Free State Brewing Company out of Lawrence, Kansas. That is one of my favorite IPAs I've had in a long time. That was, was really delicious. good. Delicious. Dilo, trust me, it was delicious. <laughs> Oh, I bet. That sounds really good. Um, <laughs> I wish that I could taste it over this Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> what else you got, Beauty? Oh, last night we had some beers when we were doing our sound check with uh, Out of Order. Yeah. Uh, I had the Guava Test. Just, just note that Out of Order did not have the beers. <laughs> no, but he also clear. had a... I'm not he also, included in the beer elite over there. No, but you did yeah, have a box yeah, of... Me, me neither. You did have a box of Alpha Horace. Yeah, well, my girlfriend hid them. Oh, now I don't know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> I had the Guavitas Sour last night, which is uh, Guavitas Sour takes you to the tropics with exotic... Sounds like I would love it. You would. Guavitas. Exotic guava and lively tartness. Solemnly sour, tenaciously tart, and seriously delicious. Guavitas. Look at that can. Oh, man. My, I'm salivating just hearing the description. 
Yeah, it looks like it would be delicious. And also, I so you're saving a couple of those for me, right? For after there were no doubles. There were no doubles. Everything's a single. Um, The other thing I had, which you would have loved from the aeroplanes, aeroplanes, is the pineapple ginger tart ale, limited edition. Limited edition. Uh, Aeroplanes, so delicious. Dilo, is that a uh, truck full of dirt behind you? So that is a dumpster full of dirt that I dug up from my front yard. Yeah? What'd you do with it? They took that dumpster away and they took it to some place that accepts dirt. Not just any dirt. Boulder dirt. Boulder to special dirt. It's organic. No, seriously, they, they took all that. That's about, that's almost like four or five cubic yards of dirt. And uh, <clears throat> they took it all away to a place that actually accepts dirt. No, I, yeah, I get go, it. Yeah, we heard didn't you. Didn't go into the landfill. Yeah, we... DOD, did you hear me? I'm not sure if you heard me. The dirt (laughs) did not go into the land. Now, did you have to urinate on it first for them to accept it? No, nobody urinated in the dumpster full of dirt. Okay. Um, Children children did scurry up and down the dumpster full of dirt many a time. And that was pretty cool. That was pretty fun. I remember when I was a kid, I loved climbing dirt piles. It was the best. Cool. Guys, we got to take a break. When we come back, we've got other things yeah we've got trail of the month coming up here shortly with none other than don't go anywhere Thank you, Mateo. We're going to go to the hotline, folks, with some calls that um, our comrades also cannot hear. But that's just the way things have to be when you're dealing with a global pandemic. All right, we have coughing advice from a trail show listener. Let's see what this is. (laughs) Hey, Hey, what's up, trail show? This is F everybody. Um, on the PCT this year, it's real nice. Um, everyone said it would be crowded, but <coughs> there's no one out here, really. Well, there's a few. <coughs> anyway, not many, though. <coughs> I was just wondering if you had <coughs> any advice about hitchhiking. I've been having real trouble getting into town on hitches and People giving me dirty looks, so if you have any advice, <laughs> I would appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, boy. That was in bad taste. Um, I think that gentleman may have had coronavirus, and he was asking about, he was coughing and asking about hitching advice. My yeah. advice is go home. Yeah, probably. What else we got? We're going to play one more. We've got the Bobby Walters. Ooh. Let's all listen, everybody. Here we go. All right. Hello, Trail Show. This is the Bobby Walters calling in with some trail tips for while we are stuck in quarantine or lockdown or whatever we're calling it these days. So the first one is to create your own inspirational posters using Max quotes. R.I.P. Max. (laughs) Number two, how about a brew hike in your own house? Have a different beer in each room. Ending either your bedroom or your bathroom, depending on how many rooms are in your house. Number three, 
How about you pitch your tent in your own backyard? Build a fire using your jeans and your blowtorch. Uh, number four, listen to every episode of your favorite podcast. But never, ever listen to the trail show. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for you. Stay safe, everybody. Soon, soon, hopefully, we can all get back on the trail. Bye. Excellent advice from Bobby Walters. Wait, pause. That that was really good. Did you guys I, all hear you know, that one? Did you listen uh-huh. to it? Well, I'm listening to him when you play him. I just, I just okay. hit him on the emails that you sent. So, uh, yeah, no, I actually <laughs> slept out on the back patio a couple of nights this last week. Um, and I think I might, uh, I might rig up, uh, a hammock, like the sleeping hammock in the backyard to try that out. Um, yeah, um, it might, it might be time to do a little bit of uh, stealth camping in, in my own backyard. Yeah. I'm Dis- not real sure where I'm going to dig the cat holes though. Yeah. Yeah. Disco and I, uh, we, we had set our up, first camp we had out. our first camp out. We have a big pine tree. Yeah. Is it a pine tree? Oh, did you use the yeah. spot? Yes. We used the campsite. Yeah. And uh, we camped out there the other night. It was really lovely. Um, even with the full moon, it wasn't too bad because of the branches of that tree. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it was sheltered. Good. It was good. I like Bobby Walters' advice of a brew hike in your own house. That's pretty clever. Yeah, I, she said <laughs> have a different beer in each room. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty good idea. And uh, D'Lo, you didn't hear that, but her first piece of advice was to make like a, a series of quotes um, using P. Mags's quotes. It's yeah. like inspirational quotes. Make you your know. own inspirational quotes list. We, we could make like a calendar, like an inspirational mm-hmm. P. Mags quote calendar. It's nice to be nice. What if we What if we actually just made like a P. Mags calendar, like with pictures of P. Mags like you have on your Zoom background there. In various states of undress? Yeah, or for each month, you know, doing different oh. things. With yeah. an inspirational quote. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a great idea. You know, Mags, Mags used to send his friends calendars for uh, Christmas, ah, holidays, and New okay. Year's. We should send Mags a calendar. <laughs> of Mags? Of himself. That would be great. Uh, I think I, yeah, I, think I, I know. Like I it. think yeah, I think I know what I'm doing next Christmas. I like it. I, I think the trail show budget can. I think we can spring for that. All right, we're gonna do it. We're All right, gonna do it. Can we, we go back to the beer hike in your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A beer in each yeah. room. Yeah, I think that mm-hmm. that sounds like the words and advice of the beer elite on this particular trail show. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the ones who yeah. are inundated the- in beer. Yeah, yeah, the haves, if you will. The haves, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, the That's haves true. can probably uh, like, can probably have like a fully stocked room in each room. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm so sad quarantined in my 30,000 square foot house celebrities. That's, that's who you guys are like. <laughs> yeah. So just so just you rubbing it in, rubbing it in with your with your fancy beer. Especially you're, pro- you're probably alone. drinking it out of like uh, chilled glasses, too, aren't you? Aren't you? Special and triple O, just so you know, the liquor stores are deemed essential businesses and they are totally open. No, Dilo, no, Dilo, they're upset. They're not because totally open. They're upset. They're be- sort of open. You have they're to sort order. Open. Yeah, you yeah, you have to, to order, order and then like there's a waiting period before you can go and, and get it. Like some, it's a, a, a couple of days or more. Uh, actually, I I, pers- I I partook in the uh, the new normal in terms of uh, purchasing alcohol. Nude normal. And, um, what? I I purchased my alcohol on a Sunday and I rolled in there on a Monday with my bike, my trailer, and I picked up my alcohol. That's interesting. All, um, what he's really weird. upset about is that the beer that we're drinking, Dila, was 
uh, compliments of a listener. And yeah, I know. the point I, was I to share know. it with everybody, but it's not working. Yeah, I, I, I know. I've kind of moved on from that POD. Like, oh, okay. I'm not really up on that. You know? all right. <laughs> I, I'm not really mad about all of the beer, just the stuff that I would really like. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's time for Trail of the Month. Trail of the Month. I think we've got a Trail Show VIP calling in we for Trail We do have month. a Trail Show VIP uh, calling in for Trail of the Month. So this is a Trail Show Woo, former guest, Larry Boy, live from the great state of Michigan. Get a haircut, Larry Boy. My God, you look like uh, Dwight Schrute's cousin from The Office. Maybe what? I am. You never really know. <laughs> cousin Moe's, Cousin Larry yes. Boy, we're all the same. Right, Cousin Moe's. Welcome, Larry Boy. I see you've got your uh, headset on too, huh? I do, yeah. I want to capture your your profound words and all of the fidelity I can possibly muster. Nice. Excellent. So, uh, Larry Boy, we're excited to have you. Um, and you're going to be talking to us tonight about the rib. The rib. The route in between, correct? That's right. Yeah. So, so, yeah. What is it? What is the rib? I mean, what is the rib and when did you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, most hikers, just to give a little background, most hikers have this kind of this mental hiking map. You know, if you've done two or three long trails, maybe you kind of have a, an idea of what connects to what, you know, so you've got the AT in the East and that connects to the international Appalachian trail. You've got the CDT that ties into the great, uh, great divide trail, the Pacific Northwest trail, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you stare at maps for long enough, you'll notice that the Idaho Centennial trail goes North South through Idaho and the Arizona trail goes North South through Arizona. And if you could just connect the two, you would have a thousand miles of hiking route from Mexico to Canada. And I wanted to do that. I said, Wait, I'm going to do that. A thousand miles. Nope, that's not right. 2,500 miles. I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sell yourself I mean, short, Larry a, boy. <laughs> what's a thousand miles between France? Right, Whatever, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, so 2,500 miles between Mexico and Canada. So I said, I'm going to do that. Um, see, starting with the Arizona Trail, that's about 800 miles. Then the next thousand miles are on kind of a... Uh, route that I concocted myself called the Deseret Hiking Route. That's mm -hmm. a thousand miles and takes you into central Idaho. And then it's about 700 more miles to Canada on the Idaho Centennial Trail. So yeah, total of 2,500 miles and it kind of goes through some pretty often overlooked landscapes. You know, in a lot of people's minds, there's not a lot between the, the Rockies and the Sierra Nevada, just one big blank space on the map. And those of us who live in the area know that's that's far from the truth. And I kind of set out to highlight the the Intermountain West in in doing the, the rib. So I did that in the hiking season of 2019. I did a northbound yeah. hike starting in late March and finished in about mid-September on the Canadian border in North Idaho. I was I was a little sad that our, our timing didn't coincide at all on the Idaho Centennial Trail because that would have been pretty fun to to hike with you while we were out there but that's okay yeah you know stranger things have happened i i just ran into your hiking partner uh -huh. a few weeks ago naomi on the washita trail I was just walking in the middle of nowhere and here i come oh. up on iron Mike's punisher that was kind of so random. great did you know they were but out there 
I had no idea. Oh, that's cool. I was walking toward them and I see these like silver umbrellas on their packs. And I was like, oh, that's a surefire sign of like an experienced long distance hiker. And I'd get closer. Wait, I recognize them. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, she sent me a picture. That was pretty cool. So you <laughs> you basically had to come up with the the part between Arizona and and the, where you connected into the ICT, right? Right. So mm-hmm. what what are the routes that you use? Did you use some existing routes? Did you go cross country? Was it a mix? How did you piece that together? Yes. So uh, of course it's the the typical buffet of surfaces mm-hmm. that's common to any kind of yeah. long distance hiking route. Um, there is some some designation through much of Utah called the Great Western Trail, which is anything from like single track trail to like us highway 89 Ooh. you know sometimes there are multiple routes or there's just discontinuities and sometimes like the great western trail simply doesn't go where you want it to go or doesn't see as much as you would want to see so i kind of used that when it was the best option didn't use it when it wasn't the best option um there was a good deal of i would say it's probably a 40 single track trail and for the most part those are fairly well maintained i mean obviously you have stretch as a terrible trail because it's a route and these things happen. Right. Yeah. Um, but I would say 40% trail. Most of that's pretty good. Um, I would say about, about the same 40% dirt roads. And when you think of that, you're like, Oh, 40% dirt roads. Do I really want to hike this? For the most part, those are dirt roads that are on the very top of like ridges mm-hmm. and are extraordinarily scenic. And if you're doing a typical northbound hike, a lot of those dirt roads are going to be covered in snow. So it's just like a tree-free place to walk, and you're not going to see anybody out there, no cars or anything. So it felt like a lot more than 40% trail, just, you know, given given your right. experience. And then, you know, you got another few percent that's paved roads, mostly getting in and out of towns, you know, mm-hmm. where it's un- unavoidable. You know, you have private property issues or anything like that. And then a little bit across country, but those are generally sustainable, well-used travel routes, like walking up a kind of like a gently flowing wash, like feet in the water type thing. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, you know, together those comprise the uh, the bulk of the hiking surface on the rib. And it's almost always feels very remote, whether you're actually on trail or not. Now, I would like to highlight, because I've hiked uh, a big part of the Idaho Centennial Trail, most of it actually, um, the first year that I went out there, I hiked through the Frank Church. And mm-hmm. that redefined my concept of what terrible trail is, uh, <laughs> overgrown trail, um, and and also like the amount of like pushing that I was capable of, and just uh, it's so many levels. It was like it, uh, you know, it just it it pushes your 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 hard limits a little bit uh, because you have to keep going. Um, and then when, when Larry Boy hiked last year and he hiked through the Frank Church, when he made it out, he told me, this is what you told me, that it rained nearly every day, all day long, and you had Giardia. And I got to say, oh. I, yeah. I, I, felt like, I felt like I had, it was hot when we were going through there and that was, that was difficult to deal with. But I felt like I was at the extent of what I was capable of, like mentally. And I thought, man, that like raining because the vegetation is often hip level and touches over the top of the trail, the raining piece Mm -hmm. with the slippery rocks underneath and muddy trail and having Giardia. I got to say like, it sounds awesome. That's some perseverance right there. My friend. 
I mean, it, that was probably the the toughest stretch yeah. of hiking trail I've done in my life. And I've done the Hayduke and stuff like that that have reputations as being tough. And I would say nothing has been tougher than that stretch through the Frank Church. Like you said, because of the trail conditions, uh, bowel conditions, <laughs> and the weather. Yeah. Hey, it doesn't always have to be fun to be fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's sometimes like type hey, dude, 2. Whatever you make, I forgot. Larry Boy. Say Larry Boy. Hey, uh, I think it's Larry Boy, but I'm not sure. I, that's just what my dad told me. I don't know if he's lying or not. But how are the water conditions? Smart kid. The water conditions. That's a really good question, actually. Um, water sources along this trail, um, you're mostly going through some pretty arid places. A lot of it is up high, 10 to 11,000 feet, and there are water sources up there. Um, and at certain points in the literature, which I compiled for this trail, I do note water sources in the deserts, uh, particularly down in southern Utah and then in southern Idaho. And then up on some ridges, you can have some dry ridges. But the water sources are generally okay. You know, they're good enough to get you through. Um, there's information on them when you need there to be information on them. But that obviously took a lot of um, planning and preparation on my part, multiple calls to random BLM field agencies, looking up uh, historical academic papers from the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, my God. Like so it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work to put it together. Um, but I'm pretty pleased with the the finished product in that I never went more than 30, wa 30 miles without water. And most of the time it was 30 miles. more like, yeah. That's, pr that's you know, pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's commensurate with what, yeah. what uh, you'll find on other trails, you know, PCT, CDT, stuff like that. So, you know, again, if you've done one of those trails and you can handle the water carriers there, you can handle the water carriers here too. Yeah. Another question from Leo here. What about the resupply? The resupply, there's really only one option every 100 miles or so. So everybody who does this trail is going to resupply in almost exactly the same way. For the most part, the, the towns are big enough, you know, there'll be small grocery stores, not necessarily a Walmart or anything like that, but, you know, enough to get you through. Dollar um, General. Dollar, you know, there's no Dollar Generals on this route, but a lot of stores like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you are going to have to do some hitchhiking. Some of uh -huh. it is going to be a little bit tough. You know, it, What's that it may mean? Be, you may wait for a couple hours to get a ride. Okay. Um, I actually got picked up by a, a friend who was randomly driving by like two hours from where he lived <laughs> in the middle of the state. I was trying to hitch right before dark. I was like, there's no chance I'm going to get a ride, you know, in this like 15 minutes before the sun goes down. And who drives by with my friends? And you stop and like have this big, like wide-eyed smile on their face. I'm like, wait, is that that? So, you know, we all made a happy ruckus greeting each other and they drove me to town. And that's um, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I was going to say one of the lessons that I learned in Idaho is that sometimes when you're on these um, more remote places, hitching into the first town is the easiest thing to do, but not always the best thing to do. So, for example, at Highway 12 in Idaho, uh, Naomi and I hitched into uh, whatever the hell that little quote unquote. Lowell, right? Lowell, yes, which was this gross diner and an even grosser motel. And there was nothing to buy. There was a... Um, hey, they were going to be trail show sponsors next yeah, month. Well, Thanks a lot. Too bad. There was a uh, tr uh, rafting store, but you had to walk a couple miles to get there, which you don't want to do. But I told Larry Boy this, and I was like, dude, you got to hitch all the way down into 
Kiowa or something? Kamii. Kamii. Yeah, yeah Kamii. Um, and I think it was a better option. So I don't know. If you're planning a route, that's just my suggestion is don't necessarily take the closest town just because the other one's like a 60-mile hitch. It might be might be worth it. <laughs> right. And it just goes back to the, the concept of doing your research. You know, you, like you do need to, you know, scope out the grocery stores beforehand, yeah. see if they're going to have what you need. See if someone will hold a package for you, if not. Uh, all those kind of little things. But yeah, you know, there's a couple of places on this route where you can kind of go one way or another, and there's not necessarily one great option. There's like two mediocre options from the same road crossing. It's just which you like better. Hey, Larry Boy, quick question for you. I know that Ray and Jenny Jardine did uh, a hike, probably somewhat similar to yours, but obviously probably a bit different too, just, you know. The ICT is one thing, the AZT is one thing, but crossing Utah is kind of a choose your own adventure situation. I'm just curious, did you research the route they did and did your route coincide with theirs at all? I think they hiked in the early aughts, so early, I don't know, 0001, somewhere in there. Yeah, the the Jardines did some stuff uh, back in there and I didn't use that because it was so old and so much has changed just in terms of, you know, yeah. how well pu- trails are maintained on public lands and stuff like that. I do. I'm also not sure if theirs was a continuous hike. I want to say they did some on like motorcycles and stuff. I think they got but, on bikes at some point through Utah cause it, the water situation was so dire for them on their route. Yeah. That, that, that kind of starts to ring a bell. Now I do have to acknowledge uh, pepper flake friend of the yeah. show. Yeah. Um, friend of all of ours. Uh, he did a somewhat similar route, um, kind of went north through Utah in a few years ago. I think it was like 2016, 2017. Um, he took a very different route. Um, it overlaps almost not at all um, with what I did. And then Dirtmonger, I think later last year, he was maybe a few weeks behind me. He also hiked north, south through Utah. Again, you know, Dirt. both these guys did, did it as, you know, different term and I, you know, different objectives and different styles, frankly. Like I am not dirtmonger. I am not pepper flake. Those guys are really, really strong hikers. Um, just good athletes in addition to being highly experienced. Well, you and know, I, I was going to say, I actually wanted to mention that. First of all, I will disagree with you that strong hiker is defined by doing big miles because it's one aspect of it yes but i i do think that being a strong hiker is also being the type of person that can just put in the day after day after day and keep going um even though you're not able to tear through the miles but one of the things i really one of the things i like about you is that when i hear you talk about the route in between because i know you personally i know that you're you consider yourself to be an average hiker and i feel like if Larry boy did this route, then I can probably do it too. Whereas like the Sangre's Traverse, which I have had my eye on for a long time. I know Swami's done it and I've known, I know pepper flakes done it. So I'm like, okay, they both did it in like seven days. I should probably plan for like 20, you know? Um, so, um, it's just nice. And, And for those of you, for listeners out there, I mean, Larry boy probably considers himself an average hiker, but he has done the Hey Duke and, the CDT and the AT? Yeah. And the PCT? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't done okay. that yet. But regardless, he's done a lot of a lot of other types of difficult hiking. But he's also the type of guy that does, you know, 20s to 25 miles a day 
And, um, so if you're, if you're that style of hiker, then, you know, you can do the research as well. And, um, it's not, it's not out of reach is what I'm trying to say. How I like to put it is it's a trail for average athletes who are experienced hikers. Oh, you know, yeah. Like yeah. Backpacking experience, long distance hiking experience is critical to this route. You know, I've, I've put together enough information for, for you to do it, but it's not teeming with information. It's not going to list every water source. It's not going to list every trail junction. You know, what about waypoints? I need to download your waypoints. Well, there is a series of waypoints. I'm not even kidding about that. Yeah. I've put together kind of a, a guide for the route in between, you know, yeah. that has like text, uh, seasonal considerations, stuff like that. A select number of GPS waypoints is not a full GPS track, mind you. Oh. No, that's what no, your I maps are for. Maps, remember those. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but there is a set of maps included. Um, water chart for the parts of the trail that you need a water chart. And a town guide, you know. Wow. I should say a town skeletal town notes, I should say. So it is enough to, you know, that I did this trail with the intention that other people can, if they choose to, do a very similar route and use my information to do it. I tried to keep it vague enough that if you don't want to follow somebody else's route, I'm not kind of ruining that as a possibility right. for you to make your own route through the area. So you're not going so to send me your you're not going to send me your personal naps with post-it notes about all the the different things that you <laughs> find along the way. For you, I probably should, but for <laughs> nobody else. <laughs> uh, for the listeners out there, Pod sent me a, a series of Idaho Centennial Trail maps last year with uh, snarky comments um, <laughs> I posted it to him. Quite silly. Larry, it really made me laugh in the middle of nowhere. Good, Larry boy. Did you run into any locals who? who looked at you and said, what the hell are you doing out here, boy? <laughs> oh, I had so many of those. Did you? Tell us. Tell us oh, about yeah. it. Well, did um, they eat your chicken I, bones? I, <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean any. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> that, that was a great story. But no, you, so, you, so, so you did have some interactions with the locals out there, huh? Yeah, mostly in town. You know, your hitchhikes become very interesting um, when nobody knows what you are or that you're a backpacker. It's, you know, some very strange people who pick you up. I was actually picked up by a law enforcement official in oh. one town in the central part of the route. Um, and he got a call right when he was picking me up that there was an accident, you know, many miles away. So we get, go down, like, screaming down the road at 95 miles wow. an hour. Wow. Lights and sirens going. Man, I got there quick, I'll tell you. Wow. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> did you have to ride in the That's back in the cage? I did, yeah. Nice. He, he was kind of chastising me because hitchhiking's illegal and stuff like that. Huh. And he's like, well, if you were going the other way, I'd bring you to, into town. I was like, well, I can go the other way, too. There's a grocery store that way. He's yeah. kind of stuck. And he's like, well, fine, but you have to sit in the back. Like, okay, I can sit in the cage, no problem. <laughs> Did he check? Did he run your uh, ID first to make sure you weren't wanted? You know, he didn't. I wow. had that happen before. Yeah, same um, here. You know, they, they pull over and you're like, you're not supposed to be hitchhiking here. I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't know. And, you know, they mostly just want you to get out of their hair, you know, so right. they generally give you a ride to where you need to go. Right. But yeah. they'll, they'll, you know, run your ID, patch it down, all that good stuff. Yeah. Hey, Larry Boy, you mentioned that you have a skeletal town notes and some maps and some, some, uh, GPS coordinates. 
where would people go to find those things? Yeah, um, hit up my uh, website. It's lbhikes.com. That's LB like Larry Boy, lbhikes.com. There's a kind of like a information pack that you can download that gives you kind of the overview. It gives you uh, the town notes, stuff like that. And then if you do want the maps, you know, kind of the heart and soul of, of the project, um, there's, there's instructions in the, in the information pack on how to get those. But roughly the idea is you have to email me. When you email me, just give me positive proof and know your word is a proof, a photo is proof, you know, a signed note from your supervisor is proof uh, that you've done trail work sometime within the last couple of years. The yeah. maps are completely free. But, you know, at this point, you know, if you're thinking about doing the route in between, you've probably hiked a long trail or two before. You probably hiked hundreds, thousands maybe of miles on long trails. And I think it's only right that all of us give back. And, you know, I've already had several people reach out to me and say, hey, you know, I just did my first day of trail work ever so I can get the maps. Wow. And that's awesome. You know, we've had, you know, just a few people kind of giving back, getting involved. And oftentimes, you know, trail work becomes an obsession that lasts a lifetime. Totally. You know, if I can do that as part of, you know, getting people out and hiking and giving back, I think that's a win-win. That's awesome, Larry boy. Yeah. I like it. I love that. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. You got to pay to play. Maybe, well, we'll... you know, it's not that dissimilar from uh, a lot of ultra marathons. Right. You know, if right. you want to sign up and run Western States or uh, run the Wasatch Front 100 or something like that, you know, you sign up, you pay them your money, but you also do a tri- day of trail work. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm when I'm in the mountains outside Salt Lake City hiking around on a random Saturday, sometimes I see an entire trail crew of trail crew of really skinny people. And you're like, oh, yep, that's a bunch of runners getting in their Wasatch Front 100 hours. So you know, that's cool. It, it's cool. it's just something that. that I think, yeah, something that you know we can kind of adopt within the hiking community. The idea that you know we all give back, we all give right. back, even for just a day. You know, it's a start, and it's a lot of fun. A lot of times. Maybe the trail show can do some sort of an incentive this summer. We can give away koozies or something. Oh, for for people that have done written trail work? proof. Yeah, I like it. I love it. Larry Boy, before we let you go, can do you have a trail tip you would like to yeah. give out to Trail Show Nation? Well, I'll, I'll give you a very timely trail tip, actually. Because Hold on, let me let me cue the music, away. man. Let me. I gotta come on, come on, Larry Boy. You know Hold the on. rules. All right. <laughs> All right, Larry Boy, what's your trail tip? All right, so if you're looking to get some of that um, trail show merchandise or whatever this summer Merch. when they do the the merch um <laughs> when you do your little uh, giveaway uh if you happen to say get a sticker you want to put it on your water bottle because that's what we all do with stickers right sure and you know there's nothing better in the world than you know walking around with a nalgene full of stickers but it's not 1997 anymore and none of us carry nalgenes what? a lot of us carry these soft-sided collapsible water bottles platypus bottles or the like and if you've ever tried to put a sticker on a platy, it just doesn't work. You know, it sticks it's for horrible. like three days and it starts to peel off and then gets sand on the back. And then it's just a, it's just a goner. You know, I've probably lost a sticker. Actually, I know I've lost a sticker somewhere in southeastern Utah in the Grand Gulch area where it uh, at some point fell off uh, my platy. It was a trail show sticker too. So if anybody finds it, <laughs> you can mail that back to me. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so what do you do if you want stickers to stick to soft-sided water bottles? It's, it's really easy, actually. All you need is a little bit of super glue. 
you, uh, you put a little super glue on the back of the sticker before you stick it down, then attach it to your your platypus bottle. And it should be a new platy, by the way, not the one that has wrinkles and creases in it already. Mm. And then once you've applied the sticker, just put a little bit of bead of super glue, uh, just a thin bead around the perimeter of the sticker where sticker mm. meets uh, water bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And essentially making a seal. And do you lick it then? What's that? Do you lick it then? Please do not lick it. Otherwise, you might end up like uh, <laughs> well, the kid in the Christmas story. Yeah. You'll you'll show your permanent, undying, unceasing, forever devotion to the trail show. Anyway, oh, um, so once you've got it, you know, you just let it dry thoroughly, and that sticker will stay adhered to the bottle, whether you smash it, bend it, fold it up, whatever, for as long as that platypus lasts. Wow. Cool. Man, that's that a is, great trail tip. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's good stuff. That is pretty solid. Why do you put super glue? Why wouldn't you lick it? Why wouldn't you lick it? Well, because super glue plus your tongue equals forever. That's right. Yeah. But I've you should read the shill sil- You should try it, Leo. Story of- yeah, try it on your your brother. Yeah. No, try it on <laughs> Yeah, what are siblings for anyway, right? Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we're all doing what we have to in, in you know, these crazy times when we're cooped up with uh, people we ostensibly love. But, you know, sometimes you just need to permanently attach merchandise. Yeah, that's right. Leo, Leo, you are not allowed to super glue anything to your brother. Now, get get your pajamas on. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did, Larry boy. See what you did. You know, D-Lo... Yeah. Socrates was once put to death for corrupting the youth. I can only hope that I don't summer, uh, suffer a similar fate. Yeah, the trail show is actually not um, appropriate for, you know, underage 18, really. Um, so, yeah. but, but I think Larry we've made boy, that abundantly clear. Yeah, many Larry boy, yeah, I'm don't. not sure how, I'm not sure how Mr. Uh, are you seven or eight? Seven. Mr. Seven-year-old here was allowed to uh, sit in on the trail show tonight. Yeah. Don't worry, that's though. Nothing, that's how. It is what it is. And he had a lot to do with the My Little Pony background. I just mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I well chosen. Well it. chosen. I had absolutely nothing to do with it. Don't worry, because <laughs> the the parents of Boulder are doing a good enough job corrupting their kids. I have yeah. a question. <laughs> I have a question for Leo. Okay. Uh, my question is, why do you like My Little Pony so much? I don't. My dad. You don't, you don't have to shout. Background. You don't have to shout. No, I, right here. I think you do like it because I see it right behind your head. It's right over there. I see that smile, Leo. You can't lie. <laughs> it's all his, his father. I I will defend my son. His father chose the My Little Pony. Is his actor. father okay. someone different that's in the room? Uh, no, I'm talking about myself. Oh, in the third in the third person. person. Okay. okay. All right, Larry Boyd. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Your website again is lbhikes Com. Very good. So yep, if we LB if we go to lbhikes.org or .net, we're not going to get where we no. need to go. 404 not found, baby. Okay. Understood. <laughs> All right. It's called The Rib, folks. Go learn about Leo it. Do wants some to trail say work. Something. Larry, boy, Leo wants to say something to you before you go. Good night, Larry, dude. Boy. <laughs> good night, Leo. Take care, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Chicken bones. Larry, boy's out. Oh, All my right. gosh. The Rib, folks. You got to do some trail work if you're going to learn about it. I love it. that. I love that. All right. Let's, uh, in lieu of our 
talking about our trips this month. Let's do quarantine questions with POD. Okay, I got some questions for you guys. And I'm going to play some background music. You guys can't hear it, but just know what's happening there. All right, POD, go. So I got some quarantine questions for you. For who? For everyone on the show. Okay. The first question is, what do you wish you had more of during quarantine? Hmm. Screen time. Screen time? What about you, D-Lo? Sand. Triple mm. <laughs> <laughs> O, what about you? What do you want more of? Water in Boulder Creek. Oh, is it dry? Uh... No, but if it comes up like another foot, I can kayak. <laughs> ah. Okay. Spesh, what about you? Are you there, Spesh? Uh, my connection's pretty bad. I'm. I, everything keeps cutting out. I don't know if you can hear me. I think the we question can. is, what do I wish I had more of? Yeah. Yes. Internet bandwidth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All that right. would be true. All right. Anything else? Anything else? Yeah. I failed to buy chocolate the first time I went to the grocery store for like two weeks of food. That was a mistake, but I, got, I have corrected that mistake. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I'm getting a little concerned about the toilet paper situation right now. Mm, well, we were well here's stocked. Here's the thing. Here's but it's the been thing. three is, weeks. Is, is POD rationing toilet yes. paper like she is the food? Here's Do the you thing. Eat here's two the squares th- a day. It's like one square no, per I session. No, I don't care. Here's the deal. We have these little <laughs> toilet paper holders, and they hold five rolls of toilet paper. Okay. And so we put them on, we filled them up at the end of March, and I said, these should last you until the end of April. Now, I can see the toilet from the toilet paper roll from here. Yeah, Disco uses the master bathroom, and I use the guest bathroom for the most part. Too difficult to explain. What? It doesn't matter. What? But anyway, his last roll is nearly gone. I still have three rolls full and a fourth roll that I'm halfway through. And I am a woman, so I use the toilet paper... Every time I go to the bathroom, Disco just, you know, shakes it all over the shower glass and he doesn't even have to use any paper when he pees. No. Disco, it sounds like all you need to do is go to the guest bathroom and get a roll there. And bring That's it back right. To the master bathroom. That's well, right. he has used my bathroom on a few occasions and used the paper because I know he's got number two in there. The problem, so. Triple O, is that I'm on a high fiber diet. <laughs> and, um, t- and, and unfortunately. So am I. I'm on the same diet. No, nah, but yes. You, Come on, this old hat to you. That's this true. is new to me. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm from the South. I used to eat meat and potatoes and biscuits. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. All right. Gotta go Roger that. Uh, My Little Pony just left the building. But anyway, <laughs> TP, I'm getting a little nervous on the TP thing. And it, I also have a theory about the toilet paper thing it, while I, you know, if I can elaborate. Elaborate. My belief is that if the news media had never mentioned that toilet paper was scarce or running low that there would not be a toilet paper hoarding crisis Mm. right now i think it's only because it got mentioned on one news outlet and then 300 other news outlets picked up that story and then everybody like lemmings ran to the store and started buying toilet paper because cnn told everybody that it was scarce i think i think it's a manufactured bs piece of shut up I think you're giving the American people too much credit. I think it would have happened anyway. No. Um, toilet paper, why? This this virus doesn't affect... Because, but that's how Americans are. They're crazy. Um, yeah. 
the thing that I wish I had more of, I wish I had purchased more pretzels. Mm. I've been rationing my pretzels, and that makes me sad. Oh, there's Mateo. Wait a minute. What? What? Stop the press. That's so crazy what's going on there. Okay, my second question is, what What do you have too much of during this quarantine time? What's something you we'll have way too Leo. much of? Leo, thank you for raising your Screen hand. Screen time. Screen time. You have too much of it? No, we don't have enough of it. Okay, my well, question is, my question is, what do you have too much of? Yeah, what do you have too much of? Responsibility. Control over screen time. Yeah. Responsibility. Give me a break. <laughs> my dad says we have too much of responsibility. Well, we all know that's true because we know your zip code. Wow, um, P.O.D. The Wicked Witch <laughs> of the West. Come on, there are children in the room. Yeah, here. come on, please. Not in this room. Come on, be nice. Aren't you an educator? Yes. That's what they come to school for. What did Paul Mag's grandma used to say? It's nice to be nice. Yeah. It's also yeah. nice to teach kids about the real world. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a school of hard knocks, man. D'Lo, what do you I have too to... much of? Yeah, D'Lo. What do I have too much of? Yeah. Um, Besides what? dirt, obviously. Uh, what do I have too much of? Nothing. Nothing? Okay. You're good. good. Yeah. Awesome. What about yeah. you, Out of Order? Anything you, you're like, man, I got way too much of this. Um, I got too much. I, I bought a cheesecake the other day. <laughs> 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 because I hadn't had any sweets for like two weeks. So I went grocery shopping finally. And yeah, so I bought a cheesecake. I bought a key lime pie. Wow. What about the cookie yeah, dough? I did. I bought some cookie dough as well. So... I think out of order has too many teeth. Yeah. Well, I'm working on that with all the sugar I'm eating. <laughs> nice. He well, can't separate his teeth. Can you separate your can teeth? Can you separate your teeth? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? I, I think our teeth are fixed. So. Dilo, what, what is he saying? Translate, please. Uh, I, I don't really know. That I can't really understand him. His teeth are too stuck together. Oh, you're saying that he's not opening his jaw. Oh, yeah. I see. I oh. see. Well, we can understand him. Yeah. What about Mateo? Oh, what do you have too much of, Mateo? Screen time. Screen time. Uh, he also yeah. doesn't take away, understand. Take away the screen well, time. Well, Dilo, they both said they about have to too be, much screen too time. Too much screen time. That, that's about how they to Too much super glue on his head. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> what about you, Disco? What do you have too much of? What do you have too much of, Disco? Um, I don't know. I, you know, too much of um, restrictions on what you can eat. Yes, restrictions <laughs> on what we have a menu. Just so you all know, I got an inside look at the POD Disco <laughs> household yesterday on a, on a on a call, and apparently they have a thirty day menu. We do all set out. No. No, no deviation. Well, the thing is, is that I went to the store on March 19th. And if we follow the menu, then we don't have to go back to the store until April 30th. Yeah. It's so, a it's a five and a half week menu. That's right. And it accounts for nearly everything that's in the house. Yeah. <laughs> but the, Two crackers per sanity. day. No, <laughs> we, will, we will, in fact, run out of toilet paper before we no. run out of food. No. Yeah. No. There's... Do you have toilet paper hidden? Yes, I, I do. About? I do. Ah, but you have to go. make that half roll over there. Is this 
last strategic until... toilet paper reserve? Yes. You have to make that half roll last until April 15th to, to unlock more toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> one, one square at a time. That's right. Yeah, what about you, Spesh? Something you have too much of? I don't know that there's anything that I'd say I have too much of. Uh... Yeah, energy that can't be spent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we can relate to that. Does, does that count? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'd say that's about it. Uh, I, You know, I'm I'm actually pretty comfortable. Uh, you know, we've got a, a really nice deck, and spring is starting to come in. So the backyard's looking nice again. Um, I've got my hammock up. Uh, so I'm, pr I'm fairly comfortable overall. Uh, we've been eating really well, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I'd like to go hit some trails. I'd like to go do do some things. All right. So my next question is, is this your final question? This is my final question. What is the first thing that you're going to buy the next time you go to the grocery store? Assuming everything's in stock. What's the first thing that you want to buy when you go to the grocery store? What about you, Triple O? I mean, I just went to the grocery store. I know. Are, uh, apparently, so the, thing, the first just... thing you bought was sugar. Sugar. <laughs> Key lime pie, people. I also bought some ice cream. and Oh, my God. Uh, some ice cream, like, on a stick things. Yeah, it was a pretty successful grocery store shopping. Man, you're living, like, back when you were hiking through Germany. That's right. <laughs> What about you, Dilo? What are you yeah, what, what are you looking you? forward to buying at the grocery store when you uh, I'm just gonna buy the first thing on my list, which is either gonna be on the left side or the right side of the grocery store. Okay. What about you, Leo? Uh, because, okay. because when I go to the grocery store, my list is organized in terms of the location. Oh my of god. All the items we don't care, store. dude. Just tell us an item. Yeah, this is not like, a hard question. Come on, man. Produce produce or cheese. Thank you. What about Leo? What are you going to buy first thing? Leo, what are you going to buy at well, the grocery store? I don't have that much money, so I don't know. Would you buy candy? No. Would you buy milk? No. Would you Would buy you My buy Little Pony? No. What about... For the last time, my dad chose that You don't that need to yell. You don't what need about to yell. Mateo? Mateo, what will you buy at the grocery store? We have too much Lego. Oh yeah, that's what Your we Legos. have. Legos. <laughs> okay. What about you, Disco? What will you buy, or, or uh, what will you ask me to buy when uh, I go to the grocery store? Well, <laughs> I think to follow up on the last thing I was speaking on, um, probably a couple of pallets of toilet paper, so that I can hoard <laughs> and keep other people from being able to get toilet paper because I can't get toilet paper. Well, I think because of the news media. Uh, no, I think um, I think I'm most excited about two things. One is salad greens, mm. and the second thing is like a whole array of salty snacks. All right, get, name one. Um, crackers. What kind? Rosemary. Rosemary and what? Salt. Very good. <laughs> Spesh, what about you, man? What's one thing that you're uh, looking forward to buying at the grocery store? Next time you go, I don't know. We're actually pretty well stocked. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say like some good fresh fish. Oh. Ooh, very nice. We're cool. actually yeah. we're gonna be having 
salmon on Sunday. Yeah, it was supposed to be a surprise, but Disco overheard me telling I'm making a special Easter dinner. Even within my menu, we're going to have salmon, roasted Brussels sprouts, biscuits. And all this time, did, I thought... We did some Brussels sprouts uh, yesterday. All this time, I thought she was going to make a ham <laughs> with congealed salads and some <laughs> green bean casserole. Gross. That. That sounds delicious. <laughs> That's probably what Larry Boy will have it, be having because yeah. he lives he in Michigan. green bean casserole over here, let yeah. me tell you. All right. Well, we're done with our, our uh, yeah. quarantine questions. All right. Uh, we've got to take a break now, P.O.D. All right. Well, let's take a break. All right. When we come back, we've got a wild card segment we can't tell you about. We've also got a documentary film we're going to talk to the filmmaker about. So don't That's go right. anywhere. The Trail Show will be back. Listen to the trail show. Rapid Pure would like to tell you about their Pioneer Straw. Always carry your 10 essentials, even on day trips into the backcountry. Water and the ability to purify is arguably the most important of the 10 essentials. If you're looking for an ultralight purifier, you can add to your pack so you're always ready in emergencies. Check out Rapid Pure's Ultralight Pioneer Straw. Like all Rapid Pure products, the Pioneer protects against 99.99% of viruses, bacteria, and parasites. Backpacker recently recommended the Pioneer Straw in their Spring Gear Guide, calling it out as the lightest purifier at just over two ounces. Perfect emergency purifier because it continues to work after being frozen, which traditional filters do not. They need to be discarded after a single freeze. Added bonus, Rapid Pure's products have an ultra-fast flow rate, meaning they're noticeably easier to drink through than traditional filters. Find them at REI, EMS, and Sportsman's Warehouse. All right, let's go to the hotline, folks. Yeah, I've been in the house now for three weeks. <laughs> I uh, I think they're on to me. I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. Stay like twenty hundred of the quarantine, and they've heard all my jokes. Everyone's crying. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm hiding under a tarp. Come and get me. Oh boy, that was, uh, I believe that was your brother. I think so. Frito Roll Tide Garcia. Sounds like little, the shining's happening. Yeah, sounds like it might be trouble at, on the home front. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take one more hotline call right now. We've got Ben from Wisconsin. Hi, this is Ben from Wisconsin. Your post says call us and let us know what's going on. Nothing, nothing's going on. <laughs> I sit at home, working over there. And then after work, I think about the trail, but I end up going over here and sitting on the couch. Nothing's going on. Hope all is well. We've got some people stuck at home, bored to death, ready to get back on the trail. Totally. Not easy. Not no. easy. No. You know, if you walk around the perimeter of your backyard enough, it, it'll wear a trail into it. And then, oh, there you go. And then you'll be on the trail. I just heard a story about a guy last weekend who apparently ran a marathon. Yeah. I think he had a 20-foot space, yeah. and he literally went back and forth thousands of times until 
he logged 26.2 miles. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> That's something you could do. Yeah. I think you'd get dizzy after like a half mile. Yeah, he did like, yeah, it was crazy, like 6,000 laps. Yeah, 6,000 back and forths or something. Sounds awful. Oh, my gosh. We do have an interview coming up with our oh, media review, but we've we got a little bit of time to kill. We could probably here. sneak. Oh, the wild card segment. Uh, we need some time to set that up, don't we? Um, I don't think so. I mean, okay. it's so. Uh, you folks, want me to go get it? Yeah, go go grab that. So, folks will remember a couple months ago we had Mark Weatherington Jr. Esquire the third do a guest. He guested to talk about the tent stake review, and it was the Nemo air pin, if I remember correctly. And it's a tiny tent stake. It's ultralight. You, you know, it might actually weigh less than air. No, I don't think that's possible. But there were some questions about whether or not you could open a beer bottle with it. And Mark says it's not possible. And I think and some of us thought maybe there was some user error at play. Absolutely. So Mark issued us a challenge. G said trail show. If you can take the Nemo air pin and open up a beer bottle within 30 seconds, I will donate $50 to the trail show. And if you can do it within 60 seconds, I'll donate $25 to the trail show. So I'm actually going to take it upon myself. I'm going to be the horse here, people, triple uh, O and special. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for the, for the good of the cause. And we're actually going to re-donate that money. We're going to we're going to find a good cause, yeah. Corona related, and we're going to re-gift well, pass I, that I, on. That seems like you're so assuming I, you're going to be able to do that's it. That's right. Yeah, so I, I I don't know how's your how's your technique using like a bic lighter. Man, I can open a beer bottle with anything, special. He's from yeah. the south, man. Dude, I, he, like, you know, been training for <laughs> this since he was my whole life. I don't want to make us. I don't want to make assumptions. Okay. So I riding on this yeah. yeah so i have uh the the unopened package here so that we couldn't have practiced yeah and i'm gonna film him opening the package and i also have a, a beer bottle well here. we've got witnesses too we've got i know but special. still and i got a uh oh, i got the big wave gold now from kona brewing that's right uh Quite delicious so uh yeah I don't know where to set that. So I'll I'm going to fair. We are not very credible witnesses. So that's right. Yeah, that's true. I'd film it. But POD is going to film it. I'm going to film him opening the package and then I'm going to time him opening the bottle opener. Yeah. I mean, the timer doesn't start to like at least get the yeah, tent exactly. stake out. So, okay. So he is <clears throat> opening the package from Mark Weatherington Jr. I've never actually seen. Oh boy. This is small. Look at this thing, guys. Pretty tiny. It looks oh. like a bobby pin. Honestly. We'll see. Yep. Okay. And you got it in your hand. You got the beer bottle. Yeah. Timer starts now. We're at 20. Go you, ahead. 22 seconds. Yep. Took you exactly two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that is a testament to a Southern education if I ever saw one. Oh, man. He's chugging. So does that, does that mean instead of 50, it's going to have to be like, uh, he's like five, chugging. Five, really five, cold. Right? Oh my god, it's so cold! I have an ice cream headache. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fifty dollars. That'll be fifty dollars, Mark Weatherington, and we will um, we will happily donate that to a. Let me take a picture too. A coronavirus-related cause. Thank you very. And by the way, thanks for the tent steak. I'll be taking this along 
uh, future hikes, possibly in 2021, if we can ever get back on the trail. Or if not, we'll use it in the backyard. Anyway, that took what? Uh, two seconds. Two seconds. Can I have a sip of that? Spesh, you doubted me. <laughs> you doubted me, Spesh. Not just two seconds, but I, there was no like mistaken or nah. second try. It was first try. No, just boom. Boom, bam. I, I, I didn't doubt you. I just wanted to make <laughs> sure that you were prepared to actually do it. Oh, I prepared, like, baby. If there was any doubt, I was going to say, send that thing here and, and I'll do it on the next show. Special. I've been popping tops since <laughs> I was a juvenile delinquent back in Gaffney, South Carolina. Okay. Well, let me tell you that uh, <laughs> uh, a lot of when I hear somebody say, I've been doing it for 20 years, all I think is, have you been doing it right for 20 years, though? True. That's <laughs> true. Uh, oh, all right. So we did our wild card segment. Awesome. Well, that was delicious. Thank you, Mark. I yes. appreciate that. And um, thanks for the 50 bucks. Yes, we'll be passing that along, and we'll let you know who we pass that along to. Yeah, yeah. All right, folks, it's time for our media review. Tonight, we've got Connor Bard Devane, who's going to talk to us about his film, Hike the Divide, a conversation about climate action on the Continental Divide Trail. Connor, thanks so much for joining us tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. How are y'all doing? We're great, man. We were we were hoping you were going to zoom bomb us with something really cool <laughs> or offensive, but zoom bomb. I should have. Yeah, <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm like with the cool kids. I don't even have my background on Zoom. Y'all have a good background. I just got my house. <laughs> Boring. You know, we've gotten very familiar with this software over the last yeah. few weeks, as as have a lot of people right. all over the planet. It seems like. Yep. Right. Yeah, where are you at tonight, just out of curiosity? Uh, I'm in Forestville, California, which is a little town in Sonoma County, just uh, north of the Bay Area. Okay. Oh, nice. I got you. Cool. Well, we... Yeah, uh not a bad place to be. Yeah. Yeah, right on. We appreciate you joining us tonight. We know your schedule is probably chock-a-block full of activities, but... Uh, <laughs> so we... So you, many activities. Right? Yeah. So you filmed um, a documentary whilst hiking the, the Continental Divide Trail, and it focuses on climate change. And uh, you reached out to us quite a while ago and sent it sent it to me, and I finally had some time to watch it um, just recently. Imagine that. Yep. Um, <laughs> and so then we, we, uh, we all watched it, and uh, we wanted to talk to you about that tonight. So um, I'll start by saying my first reaction when you originally reached out to us was like, Oh, great. Another movie about another hiking film or whatever, you know? Yeah, I, um, I kind of had that reaction, yeah. too, because we've seen a lot. Connor. Yeah, I mean, everybody has. Yeah. I'm you sure, yeah. yeah. But but honestly, it's not really about hiking hardly at all. Um, it's actually more about climate mm. change with a little bit of CDT in the background, kind of. It's kind of like a Zoom background. It's just kind of there, you know? Um, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, you talk about in the movie why you decided to do this film, but I'd, I'd kind of like you to share that with our listeners, why you decided to do the film and kind of talk our listeners through what the film is like, because um, it's quite different than what you might be imagining if you're thinking about a CDT hiking uh, film. So kind of give us your uh, inspiration and then walk us through the film a little bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it is kind of a bait and switch. Huh? It's yeah. like, oh, it's a CDT movie, and like, surprise, <laughs> a lot of interviews. Um, inspiration for making it. Um, so, that, I mean, 
Issues that are related to climate change have been on my radar for a long time. I've spent a lot of my time working. I used to live in Portland, Oregon, and I spent a lot of my time working as a volunteer on sort of initiatives to make Portland more climate friendly, like reduce CO2 emissions, uh, create resilient communities that are going to adapt to the way that the climate changes better, all sorts of stuff. Um, so I, I moved to Portland actually after I hiked the PCT. And as I'm sure you can all relate to, I had like pretty gnarly post-trail depression, like reintegrating into regular life after being on the PCT. That was in 2014. Uh, it was really a struggle for me. And uh, it was hard to like connect with people who weren't hikers. And I felt like I had this new outlook on life and the world and like being a human in the world after spending that time on the trail. I don't know. It just kind of gave me a new appreciation for the way that things are connected, like humans, the wilderness, everything in between. And so I felt on one hand, like, all right, I got to get the hell out of the city. I need to get back on a trail. Really want to hike the CDT. Um, but I also felt like climate change being this like overwhelming crisis that touches all aspects of our lives. Um, it felt, it, it felt like I was going to be like walking away from what I felt was most important uh, in like a macro sense. Right. Like so I figured I could kind of like putting your head in the sand. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, well, that's not, that's not my problem. Like, Maybe I'll let the world go down in flames. I'll just keep hiking and, like, you know, eating junk food at the top of passes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really know what I was doing when I started. I definitely wasn't planning on making, like, a, a feature-length film. I was just going to, like, go out and talk to people who were not putting their heads in the sand, right? Like, I wanted to seek out people who were like acknowledging that there was a problem and like rising to meet the challenge locally, like figuring out what it meant for their community, how they could make change where they were able to make change, which, you know, for all of us that we have the most impact with ourselves, where we live, like community, the people around us. So yeah, I just, I started hiking and was, I had reached out to a few people ahead of time in Montana that I wanted to meet up with and interview some folks in Missoula who are working on various forms of like we might call activism um, and set up interviews with them. And they referred me to other people further along the trail. And it's sort of just like this sort of domino effect. Like I'd meet one person and they'd say, oh, like when you get to Colorado, you should go talk to this person who's doing this really cool thing. Um, the, the short version is definitely rambling, um, is I, it was way too much to try to like make something out of all the content I was gathering while I was hiking. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, my, my friend that I hiked the PCT with, um, uh, Don Creosote was going to like be my support team so that we, we could be like putting out short videos along the way. And then whenever I finished the trail, I could make something, um, you know, write a book or something that like compiled all the stories. And like three weeks before I left for Glacier, 
um, he had some personal stuff come up and he had to cancel. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know if y'all know um, Siddhartha. He works for yeah, like the Pacific Northwest Trail. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, we both used to live in Portland, and when he hiked the PNT, um, he was—I forget who it was for—but he was like writing blog posts for somebody, and he was sending himself his laptop in a bounce box. Oh my god! So that he, so that he could like update the blog and photos and stuff like that. And so I reached out to him, and I was like, "Hey, my buddy canceled on me. Like, how did you do this?" He's like, first of all, don't." <laughs> do that yeah it was terrible i was like cool <laughs> i don't really have a choice um so that's what i did i was like mailing my my laptop in a bounce box and anyway like we finished the trail i was like okay i haven't put out a single video yet i'm just gonna like make a film with a friend of mine who worked in film production so that was sort of roundabout what inspired me to do it answer and what to expect um the people that i talked with are just sort of like like you or me right they're like everyday people sure. that feel called to respond to the climate crisis in different capacities so it looks like a lot of different things like there are students who are on a long distance bicycle trip um that i met in glacier there's uh like a third generation rancher who he like raises cattle, but he's doing it in such a way to try to like pull carbon dioxide out of the air and store it in the soil. Um, there's like a retired railroad brakeman who got arrested for blockading coal trains. I mean, there's, it's like a big spectrum. I, I know that climate change is a very touchy subject for a lot of people. Um, but it's my opinion and obviously I'm a little biased, but I feel like there's kind of something for everyone, like whatever, wherever you're at with this big problem, there's somebody in this film who's doing something that I think would speak to you of like how you could engage with addressing it. I'll just jump in and say, I really enjoyed the film. I, I thought it was really well done. It was extremely interesting and inspiring. And I think I came away with a sense of like, I have to find my own piece, my own thing that I'm going to be doing, you know, because it wasn't like sign this petition or, send money to this place. It was like, here are a bunch of people that are doing things where they live to make the world better. And, and so it kind of feels like the call to action is like, what, what can you do? You got to figure that out for yourself. But, um, one of the thing, another thing that I really liked about that film is that, um, you know, I read this, this book called flight behavior by Barbara Kingsolver many years ago. She's an incredible, um, novelist and her novels always have a social message, but it's not preachy. And in, in flight uh, behavior, it's, it's really about climate change. And in this particular story, someone comes to this small, impoverished community and starts talking to them about climate change and telling them all the things they need to do, like eat less red meat, um, take fewer plane trips, uh, drive less. And, and so he, this person is talking to people who can't often afford meat, who have never been on a plane who don't own a car. And sometimes I feel like <clears throat> the climate change conversation gets to be a little bit that way where we're talking about limiting what you're doing so that like changing your lifestyle for the planet. But the reality is that a lot of people are doing the best they can to survive. So they have to buy the food that's at the, the uh, convenience store because they live in a food desert. That's all they got. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And the thing that I like about this film is that the people that are in the film, um, by and large, are not wealthy people that are like, quote unquote, changing their lifestyle for the for the betterment of the planet. They're like people who are saying like, no, climate change is affecting my livelihood. So I see the overall benefit for the planet and also for my livelihood. I'm a rancher and I can see how changing some of my practices is going to help. You know, and, and also, so, so I liked that aspect of it, that it wasn't like this preachy, you know, climate change type of film. It was more like these people are doing what they can with the resources they have. And, and, a, and many of them have been able to stop the Goliath, even though they don't have a lot of resources, but they have each other. And the other piece that I appreciated. Hey, can, I, can I cut in real quick while my audio isn't cutting yeah. out? Uh, yeah, I just want to echo that as well. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. Um, it, it seemed the film seemed to convey one of the things that uh, that you interviewed said, which was that you have to be for something. Uh, and, you know, the way that the rancher was able to, like, look at what he's doing and figure out his way to be for uh, and that everybody kind of was like it, it was it wasn't um, about being against climate mm-hmm. change. It was about being for this piece of 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 the greater solution because it is a multi-part, it is one that does drive solutions, you know, to the local level as well. Um, and so I, I, I really liked that it, it touched on that. It showed, it showed ways that people can be pro. Yeah, that's a good point, Special. They did talk about that being for something. And another aspect that I really liked about this or appreciated about this film was the piece about Native Americans and Native American land. And I just, man, that piece was, was really um, heavy because it just feels like we just keep getting on Native American people. You know, like it's just never enough. We're like, here's all these blankets covered with chicken pox and now we're going to slaughter you and now we're going to do a death march where you most of you die and then you're going to live in like the worst places with no water and no ability to grow food. And, and now they have these, you know, they've been pushed to these places where it turns out that it's actually quite beautiful and and um and some of them are their their ancestral lands and and now we're like and also we're going to be mining here you know and um i don't know it just that that part is just really depressing uh the woman that that you interviewed who was in a bulk of that part was really really well spoken and and also very inspirational um i think her frustration and anger came through but along with her her call to be seen um so, yeah, I appreciated that piece as well, because I think that's another piece that gets left out of the conversation often. Yeah, Kendra, the, the woman, the Danae woman from that part yeah. of the film is an absolute badass. And I actually got to spend a couple of days hanging out with Kendra and a few other people in that community. And I mean, yeah, like the, the history of like colonial genocide against indigenous people all over the world, not just in the U.S. Of course. Like the like darkest stain of the last uh, 10,000 years of human history. And it's just, it's crazy that it's still going on. And like what's encouraging to me, which is kind of what one of the pieces that she was hitting on in the film is that more and more people are waking up to that reality. And like most of us, myself included, like don't really have an understanding of what it means to like what it, what it would take to break out of those systems. Right. Cause like the, you know, like it, it's 
it's oil and gas drilling or it's mining for things that we have in our everyday life. It's not like as a consumer, we're making a conscious choice like, oh, I'm going to heat my home and I don't care that it's affecting the health of people whose ancestors' ancestors were, you know, targeted by people like my ancestors and it's like never stopped, right? It's, it's hard to wrap your head around what that means to divorce like our way of life from this pattern that's been in place for so long. Um, but just, just like how I say in the film, I think like the most important action or some of the interviews say in the film, the most important action any single person could be taking on climate change is to be talking about it. Yeah. I feel like that, you know, the first, first step and most important step, or well, at least the first step is to be having these conversations and acknowledging what has happened and like naming it and being like this kind of can't keep happening anymore. Like, how are we going to go about fixing it? And that's more than its own film in its own right, you know, but um, it was definitely important to me to work that in. Yeah. So thanks for bringing that. I'm going to take the conversation in a slightly different direction. So way back in 2006, PUD and I hiked the CDT and I shot a film and I had a camera with me and the film we shot never required us to actually leave the trail. And there were, I don't know, it was all I could do, especially on certain tough days, which there were a lot of in Montana. Mm -hmm. We went southbound, so we had some struggles. Like, mm -hmm. it was all I could do to just pull the camera out and just start filming while we were hiking. Like, how did you keep, I mean, you went well off trail at times to interview folks. While you're a CDT through hiker, you know, walking from Canada to Mexico, Mexico to Canada. And, and so, like, how did you stay motivated to keep filming while you were slowly getting worn down and beaten down by the CDT? It was really hard on a lot of days. Yeah. There were a lot of days where, you know, even just, you know, as you know, hiking with CDT, it's like kind of a love-hate, like, there are days where it's the best thing you could possibly imagine. There are days where it's like, what am I even doing out oh, yeah. here? This is so ridiculous. And it made it really difficult to, to, just to do that, to like go to like Billings, Montana, which is right. hours from the CDT. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that was like, that was a story that was really important to me. And it, it, I don't know, it just really felt like it, I would have been, like letting myself down, like, I don't know, like, um, yeah, like letting myself down by not following through with it. And also like I had, I had the same, when I hiked the PCT, I had never been backpacking before, you know, I'd like camped yeah. in a campground a couple of times and I used the same tactic there that I used for the film, which is before I did it, I told like as many people as I knew that I was going to do it. So I'd have that sort of like external accountability right. of like, yeah. well, then you're going to do this thing. You better keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you hiked the CDT in 16, 2016 mm. and the film just came out. So there must've been a bit of a learning curve there for you too, to also go through the entire editing process of taking that raw footage and getting it to the point where it is today, which is this nice, concise film that's, you know, can be viewed via hikethedivide.com, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so talk to me about that. Did you did you have to learn video editing from the start or or did you have some help? Like how did that work out? 
Yeah, I had a ton of help. Nice. Um, <laughs> if I had known what the like post production process that Layden stored for me was going to look like, yeah, I may not have been able to follow through on doing everything, you know. And part of the problem was, like I said earlier, like I wasn't planning on making a film. So I shot 26 hours of interview footage. Like oh. each of those segments of the film, it's like a couple minutes long. It was like over an hour conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so, so hard to cut any of them down because to me, it was like, you know, like I was the only crew too, right? So like I'd set up the camera and I'm conducting the interview and I'm like engaged in this conversation. And so to me, it's like every, every single thing that this person said is important and should be shared. And I have to cut that down to like five minutes. Yeah. Totally. Um, so that was, that was definitely the hardest part um, in terms of the editing process for me. I was lucky enough to, to have friends in Portland who stuck with me throughout the project to, to do the, the actual editing. It was mostly like, uh, actually, the, my friend who helped me finish it was living in Portland when she started working with me and then moved to Mexico. And so we'd like get on Skype and she would be editing and I would be like saying what I wanted to see happen. It was wow. not a good, not a good workflow, oh <laughs> but my we gosh. got it done. We got it done. You know, so. I got to say, I, I'm impressed that you didn't know anything about video editing because it seems very professional. The yeah. film, it seems so well done and even the shots, like the angles and all those types of things I think are really well done. The audio is really good. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you submitted the film to one or more film festivals? Yeah, so it it showed in the, the Portland Eco Film Festival back in September. So so as you mentioned, like, you know, it, it just came out to the world, but it, it's been finished for like, I don't know, like eight or nine months at this point. And I showed it at that festival in Portland and I was trying to do as many like community screenings as possible before I put it on the internet. Cause I wanted to like get people who are part of a community in a room together to watch it. So then we could have a conversation right. about like, all right, well, what does that look like here? You know, uh, what, what could that mean mm-hmm. for, for this town or this like, you know, student group or whatever. Um, so I did a lot of those and it was sh- supposed to show in another film festival in Chicago, the one earth film festival. And it did show like virtually, but that was like right when the quarantine started happening yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Sure. I'm kind of curious. So you're getting close to finishing editing the film and you're thinking about how you're going to release it. Like talk to us about the decision process. Like how did you come to the conclusion that, yeah, I'm just going to put it up on the web for free and let, let people have at it. So that was sort of like an intention I had from the very beginning. You know, I was like, I, I want to make this thing and I'm doing it because I think it's the right thing to do. Not because, you know, it's like, I hate to like, you know, use the framing of like trolls and stuff, but you know, sometimes people who are not of the same perspective as me about climate change will say things like, Oh, these like, paid activists or like these right. people and they have these like ulterior motives. They want this like new world order and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm just doing this because it, I think that it needs to be done. So I'm going to make this thing, whatever it ends up being. And I'm going to put it out there for anybody to watch. They don't have to pay for it. I don't want to like, I don't, don't want to make it into like part of my livelihood because I don't want it that to like seep into sure. 
the and also I didn't think it was going to take me like three and a half years to make. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but but I, yeah, I mean, it, I think it felt really good to to just like finish it, having put so much effort into it, and just be like, all right, to the internet, like go, <laughs> go. Triple O, did you have a question? Oh, no, I just I think it's really great. It's uh, what I really appreciated is it showed kind of what the fight uh, with climate change is. It's a it's a fight on all fronts, and you basically have to take it on wherever you can. You know, you showed people fighting a coal mine, people fighting pipelines, people. You know, it's just every people working on their electric electricity grid in their city. Um, it really is it's a fight on all fronts. And you know, if you if you stop a ton of carbon emissions somewhere in utah or somewhere in georgia or somewhere in new york it matters just as much to everyone in the world right because this is the kind of stuff that goes up in the air and distributes and it affects us all so you know local action it seems like an overwhelming problem but local action is is hugely important and it's it also sets the stage for national action which is also required Mm -hmm. so i thought it did a great job of showing the kind of diversity that is needed on that on that fight so also, it, was, it was great. Um, well, Connor, is there anything else you want to get out about, you know, the film while we, while we're talking to you? Is there anything else you want our audience to know about the film? I mean, I just would definitely want to encourage folks to give it a shot. It's like, it's definitely not your average hiking film. And it's probably outside of a lot of people's comfort zone, but I, I put a lot of, a lot of thought into the communication side of it and trying to account for, where everybody's at on these issues and try to make something that could speak to people regardless of their perspective. And the other thing is just like, if you watch it, if you, if it resonates with you or you like it, like, you know, it's totally, as, as you said, disco, like it's a free film. It's like community supported grassroots. Like the only way that I get it in front of more people is by word of mouth. So if you like it, like, please share it with your friends. Absolutely. Yeah, talk about it and talk about the issues in it too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bart, it was really, really uh, an honor to have you on the show. It was great to talk to you. Uh, let us know if you're ever in Colorado. Um, some of us are in Boulder and some of us are in Salida. Greatest, one of the greatest trail trends on CDT. Uh, I don't... can second that. I did love Salida. <laughs> nice. Great town. Yeah. Nice. That's where Disco and I are. Um, yeah, let us know if you're ever in Colorado. We'd love to chat more with you about it. And um, thanks so much for being on the show and um, happy quarantining. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Right. Um, I'll definitely hit you up if I find myself in Colorado. Awesome. All right. If you're so in California for some reason, you know where to find me. All yeah. right, man. We'll stay That's safe great. and thanks for coming on. Yeah. Take care, y'all. All right. Good night. Bye. Thanks. Bye. The film is called Hike the Divide, a conversation about climate action on the Continental Divide Trail. You can see it right now at hikethedivide.com. It's free. You got time on your hands. Cue it up, people. Very worth it. Yep. Totally. Very worth it. All right, PD. Let's do some mailbag. Let's do some. Oh, my God. That was really loud. Sorry. I I just queued up the mailbag music. Triple O. Okay. Mailbag. Okay. Please give me a trail name. I have always enjoyed my time in nature and the outdoors and have recently gotten to the point where I consider myself a hiker. Hiker. P.S. As soon as this quarantine lifts, I'll send you some of the finest Jarfly Brewing Company beers. Gary Perry and the Rescue Dog Costa. Jarfly 
Brewing is out of Kentucky, I believe. Yes, yes, because, yeah, you're right about that. I think you should take Jarfly. And if he hikes with his lady, she could be Barfly. Jarfly and Barfly. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Done. I think think we got it. What do you think, Out of Order? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Triple yeah, O doesn't like beer, so this isn't going to work for him. It's going to have to be like key lime pie or right. carrot cake. Well, here's the thing we don't actually know this guy very well, so it's hard to give you a trail name. Or I mean, Gary Perry is pretty good. How about, how about Harry Carey? <laughs> Ooh, Harry Carey. <laughs> hey, Norm. What's your favorite planet? I don't know. I kind of like Jarfly. Mine's the sun. It could be like a lightning bug in the jar. You know, you could draw a little jar with a little glowy bug in it. Did you ever do that, Disco? That seems like a southern thing. I had tried to once or twice with His his name, trail name can be Alice. For Alice Alice in Chains, who had an album called Jar of Flies. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. I actually collected, I, I grew up in Michigan, we, and I grew up in the woods, so we had tons of fireflies in the summertime. Didn't we hear that there's fireflies in Colorado, but they're on the west side of the divide? Hasn't someone the east told us that? side of the divide? No, we're on the east side of the divide. Yeah, there's fireflies here. What? Yes. In Salida? I've seen them. Have you guys ever seen fireflies in Boulder? Uh, I have not. I'll tell you exactly where I've seen them. I don't think I've them. ever seen them in Boulder, no. No. Well, I've seen them in the f- one of the, f- the fields that's over by the dog park. Damn. Yep. All right. Well, Alice or Jarfly. Alice Jarfly. Alice or, Jar. Or Harry Carey. Yep. I don't know. You got choices. Okay. We, got, we, we gave you some options. Dear Trail Show, even though I never listen to the show, I appreciate it. I appreciate it now more than ever. Feeling a little isolated. Since it looks like this is going to be the new normal for quite some time, could you guys discuss the following? It's more of an ask a hiker question. Right. Favorite hiker blog. Blog. Best trail to research during quarantine. Trail. Favorite quarantine beer. Beer. Thanks for doing your part to keep us all somewhat sane. Peacock. All right, let's start with blog. Anybody? Her Odyssey. Yeah. It's my favorite. I'd vote for Her Odyssey. What about you guys? Yeah. They're very, that's a good one. I also kind of like, there was one called Predictably Lost that I was into for a while. Yeah, I was thinking that with the quarantine time, they were going to finish. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go and read a long journey on a kayak trip or a long hike across Europe, you can go to my blog, Predictably Lost. Did you finish the video editing? No, I have not. Yeah, Craig Gully's been emailing like I've been every week. Playing video games instead, but maybe I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, are you a Fortnite guy or what no, are you talking? He plays no, nerd no. Games. no, I play nerdy games. Yeah, like what about you, movie. special? Do you have a favorite hiker blog? You know, I I don't think I've actually read a hiker blog in ages. Oh, okay. I uh, I click through to the Her Odyssey stuff. Um, when it hits my like uh, Patreon email alert mm. things, yeah, uh, and I like follow them on the on the social medias, yeah. So occasionally I click through to their their blog, but yeah, I don't think other than that I've even read a hiking blog for, for yeah. forever. Another another good one is um, Swami's the hiking life, and he recently put up like a post about like twelve things you can do while you're not hiking, which was really good. Yeah, so. Okay, best trail to research during quarantine. 
Yeah, what, what do think, you guys... I think any trail that requires some cross-country travel or doesn't have a lot of the information... Rib. The rib, the route in between, uh, the Idaho Centennial Trail. Um, I don't know. Trails that require a lot of... I, I'd say any. Uh, yeah, true. Any trail. You know, like, get, get on Google Earth and, like... Click around. Try to find some wilderness area near your where you live and, like, go click around and see if you can find... Uh, yeah, like find a rabbit hole yeah, and go, a good go idea. down and find find a trail in that way. It's a good idea. Uh, favorite quarantine beer? My I'm... favorite quarantine beer is that one that you guys had earlier. I think um, <laughs> looked like a pretty delicious sour. <laughs> oh, the the but guava. I don't, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know. There's been so many. It's I hard. Know, to... It's hard to keep track. I can't even remember now. We've had so many. What mm. about you, Disco? What's your favorite quarantine beer? You know, I like that that beer we had earlier, um, the Maniac beer, that IPA. Um, I'm drawing a blank. I don't have the can. Yeah, it's down. all right. It's all right. But I've been drinking all day, so I, I, don't, I can't really so remember what I did five minutes ago. So you know, my favorite beer is tequila, specifically <laughs> the Donny J. The Donnie J. The Don Julio. That's my favorite quarantine beer. What about you, Triple O? I know you have a lot of beers that you enjoy right Key now. Key lime pie is mine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have... <laughs> I'm short on beers. I'm saving the ones I do have for my girlfriend so that she doesn't murder me at some point. <laughs> What's her favorite quarantine beer? Um, <laughs> she likes sours and IPAs. Okay. I think I remember That's that now that yeah. you said that. That's a good combo. All right, let's move on. Last tri- uh, mailbag oh, item can here. I, can I read that yeah, one? Sure. It was, um, I think it was addressed to me and uh, Special. So. Oh, wait, we already read this one. We read this on the last show, but I had a follow-up item. What? You haven't read that. Oh, we haven't? No, okay. That's about the Sorry. soap. All right. I thought we did read it. No, we've t- we talked about it. We oh, got this tension is uh, okay. right. killing me. <clears throat> yeah, okay. here we go. Hey, Trail Show. Specifically... Special 41 in Disco. I was told by someone, I don't listen to the trail show, that in one of the trail tips in episode 90, you advocated cleaning up your hotel room. By the way, this was POD that advocated such a thing, but I digress. You advocated cleaning up your hotel room and throwing away your soap. First of all, I'm an operations manager for an inn in upstate New York. Where's D'Lo? He needs to be on this call. Second of all, I wanted to say that you might want to check with the staff to see if they recycle the soaps and other body products that are put out in the room. Just a quick, quick, just a quick clarification on recycle here. After guests check out, we collect the body products from the room, then package them and send them to a company who, who processes them. I don't actually know if they somehow sanitize it and resell it or use it for something else, but it at least gets recycled instead of going to a landfill. Just a thought, as we're all trying to decrease our ecological footprint, do business responsibly and adhere to that LNT philosophy on and off the trail. Best wishes, stay healthy, and if you ever end up near Albany, hit me up, Zeke Easy Peas. And I did reach, the reason I thought we had already read it is because I reached out to him because I was the one that said that. And I asked him, (laughs) I asked him if he was saying that they recycle the used soap 
or if it's like they just take all everything that's in there and put it in with new. And he was saying the used, so, like used bars of soap that they're recycled. And I, wow. I, I mean, maybe that's his... correct. Yeah. So there was a, a couple of years ago, I actually looked into. Uh, there's a a a nonprofit that um, gets hotels to basically send them um, all all of their half used soap. Right. You get the two little bars, and people open up one or two of them, and and, and you barely use it. So they take that stuff and collect it. They do some form of processing, hmm. uh, make it into like new bars of soap and stuff, and they uh, they actually distribute it uh, in like various parts of the developing world. Oh, uh, wow! Stuff okay. Like that. So, so and now I don't know specifically what which program this guy's talking about, but uh, there are there are at least yeah a couple of you know soap. Um, I don't know about the shampoo and conditioner. Yeah, uh, or like the body washes, okay. things like that. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, a lot of times I actually just grab those and like uh, take them because I'm afraid they're just going to throw them away anyway. Yeah, and then you can use um, it in the next town. Yeah, and some of them are actually like depending on where like where you're staying. I've I've had some where I'm like, ooh, this is actually a pretty decent product. Yeah, right. Yeah, some of them are nicer than the stuff I so- normally use. I guess it's best to ask at the front desk, you know, and see. Yeah. All right. That's it for Mailbag. All right. We got to take one more break. We come back. We've got Ask a Hiker with D-Lo. And our donors. The Trail Show. Less gear, more beer. And we're back, baby. P.O.D., do we have any donors? We did. <clears throat> oh. We did. You need a Ludens. <laughs> I do. Okay. We've got Bernard Wolf. Well, oh, yeah. Bernard Wolf. Gummy Bear. Russ, not Fuzzkinder. Craig. Russ, don't worry about it. Craig, Pisco, Gully. What I got? What I got? Christmas. Uh, let see. The Bobby Walters. Madness. Thanks for calling the. in tonight. Mm-hmm. Richard Glasgow, who also sent coffee. Coffee. To uh, me, too. Yeah. It's delicious. Oh, you got some of that coffee special. Yeah, I got some uh, actually last weekend. Nice. Uh, yeah, my, my, my second batch. Nice. Did Triple O, did you, I know you were dying for coffee. Dead to me. <laughs> Dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you just need to send uh, out of order like a bag of sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua. Did you, did you guys like some of the last stuff that he sent you? Yeah, actually, the last batch that he sent, I sent along to Salty because he didn't have her address. But um, the coffee we had today was Richard Glasgow coffee. It was good. Delicious. Yep. I like the darker mm. roast myself. And nutritious. Did, did, did you guys get like a special bag from him? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Richard Glasgow, in the last shipment that I got, he sent three bags. And I think I already talked about this. One of them was a bag of beans. Yeah. It was supposed to be a joke, but I actually love beans. So, like, cool. <laughs> Joke's on you, Richard. Yeah. A bag of beans is worth a lot these days. I know, right? It's very difficult to find. Right. Suddenly, everyone wants to be a Mexican. Okay. <laughs> 
Joshua bow down to Ja Bowden. Ja. Trevor, yeah. Trevor Smoke It If You Got It, The Bullman. Sean Weedman. Jeffrey Cottonmouth Caldwell. Spark it up. Diane Pinkersh. Dine. David Bulls Pasta's Big As Your Secret Facebook webpage. Viddy. Viddy. Hey. Uh, Justin Knowles. Quality. Quality. Jason Lurch, Not Church Dean. Just don't go. Ingrid Gerard. Vermont. <laughs> Rudy from CascadeHikerPodcast.com. Rudy. Hey, Rudy. The Lord's Day. Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Axel. Out of here. Stephen the Hustler Russell. Am and the Brute Bruce. Brute. Brutin' it up. Renee like Shira Patrick. Shira. Wesley the, Wesley the Haggis Addict Greenwood. I need it. I need my haggis. Just I wanna, give it to me. I, I hope he has access to the haggis during the quarantine. Uh, Kevin Chickpea Cross and Sasha Honeydew Codette. Tebow, not Tim Williams. Tebow. Tommy the Meat Popsicle Stevens. Joseph Pecoraro. Hey, what? Joe. Brandon Lostball's Love Lady. Shira the Switchblady and Brian the Big Mac Namera. Make a date. Patty Sisu Matascala. Forget about it. Phil Felipe Gilbert. Gilbert. Kill Bill Cottrell. Kill him. Tarantino. <laughs> Dave the Geode Hale. Rocks. When you break it open, it's pretty. Dave, uh, Hannah Dykstra. Hannah Barbera. <laughs> Steven swept away, but last TTS, y'all called me Robin, so I'm going with that from now on. Hood. Swept. <laughs> Anthony the Brad Pitt. Bob, Bob Deathwatch Trombley. Baby, did you just say DMT, the God Molecule? I did. Okay. Rachel Die, Bama Die, Merchant. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Eric Adequate Johnson. Johnson. It will do. Mm, it will do. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work. Dant Hompson. And. Wait a minute. Is he any relation to A.A. Ron? Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, and Martin, the Ross Water Swank, who also is our beer donor this month. Ross Water. And just a reminder that he is trying to raise awareness and money for nomoredeaths.org, which is a humanitarian group that just tries to keep people from dying in the desert. People who are just trying to survive. So thank you, Martin Swank, for that. The beer has been delicious. By the way, I'm drinking the Oscar Pilsner, which is a <clears throat> it's a lovely can. I uh, do like that can. And it's from a little place called Torn Label Brewing Company, Kansas City. Thank you. Well, should we do Ask a Hiker? Yeah, I guess so. Um, D'Lo has left the building, so stepping in those rather large shoes is triple O. He's probably busy getting glue out of his kids hair yeah i think you may have i think you may have caused some trouble in their household <laughs> tonight with that suggestion that was larry boy oh was it larry boy <laughs> no that was triple o no who was it, it was larry hey boy. i'm happy if it wasn't if i don't get blamed for anything that's great blame right. larry boy yeah let's blame larry boy there's a dinosaur coming out of your head triple o yeah what's that background <laughs> you got it looks very oh my god it doesn't have a head I just want everyone, Trail Show Nation, to realize that P.O.D. and Disco do not recognize Godzilla when they see it. 
Uh, this is sad. Is it, it speaks to their lack of pop culture knowledge. Yeah. I'm very oh, disappointed well. both of them. They're isolated in a small mountain town. Someone please send them. Oh, the poor us. We're isolated in this town where we have trail access out our front door. Hey, the people are going to send us hate mail. Don't don't be. I'm just saying to don't triple be boasting. I don't care about Godzilla. <laughs> Wow, that's clearly that's... clearly you don't care about Godzilla. <laughs> no. All right, do we All get right, we ready for these questions? Yes. Yeah. Lay it on us, triple. Cue my music. It's cute, it's baby. All right, here we go. After listening to NPR during my daily commute for the past several months, I've finally caught back up with the Trail Show back episodes. Great to hear new voices, but miss the other folks. Looking back on your storied trail careers, what would you say is your most favorite part? Your initial exposure to backpacking when everything was new, uncertain, but exciting? The prime of your life in your 20s when you were doing long through hikes, making CDT documentaries, and could eat up the miles with your crew. 30s, not back 20s. Or now that you are past the pesky prime but have the perspectives to enjoy life differently by giving back to the trail. Keep on keeping on, Quicksilver. Mm. So the question is, what what was our favorite? Favorite, favorite era. I mean, I think in the moment, it's your favorite era. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I first started, I was like, this is incredible. This is the most, this is the best part of my life. And then as I got more experience, I was like, well, this is actually the best part of my life. You know, and then I kind of retired from hiking for a little bit to do other things. And then when I came back, and did the Sierra High Route and then the Wind River High I was like, this is so amazing. Like, I've come so far as a hiker, you know. But, um, and then I did, you know, some more stuff. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like in the moment feels, for me anyway. My, my favorite trail is the one that's in front of me. Yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of how I feel. Well, I didn't feel that way in New Zealand. I mean, I feel like no. This- I mean, I, I I would say that I I'm probably like uh, most proud of my first hike, um, mm-hmm. even though it was not a complete through hike at the PCT. Like I that that was like I really came into my own in so many ways on that trail. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm like probably more happy about that than when I went back and actually like did a through hike at the PCT. And in some ways, I think I'm more more like pleased with that than i am with the 14ers through hike Hmm. i feel like i feel like i'm most i don't know i mean i feel like every through hike has its high points and i can like look back or point to a specific time on each through hike when i was like man that that was that was the best but honestly i feel like when pod and i hiked the pct in 2008 like i feel like it was a you know we took Everything we learned about true about being efficient and also about making a hike more enjoyable and less brutal. And we took all that knowledge and we applied it to that through hike. And I and I just feel like that was one of the most seamless minus the Sierras, one of the most seamless, like I won't say effortless, because no through hike is effortless, but it was it was just like uh I felt we were in that flow state a lot. Like we, we really had our, our system and, and our hike dialed in and, and we, I mean, we stayed in one night in a hotel on yeah. that whole through hike 
and it's true. Well, uh, and and I just to get provide people with some background, the CDT was was oh, not good. We got our asses kicked. Well, and we we yeah. almost ended as a couple. Yeah, um, it was during the hike. Brutal. after the hike. Uh, it it wasn't it wasn't very pleasant for either one of us. Um, and and uh, frankly, I was going to hike the PCT by myself because I didn't want to to go through wow. it again. <laughs> but I, I I agree with you that the. Um, I, I think that the PCT does stand out in that way too for us as a couple because not just because of the PCT. It was redemption. It was redemption. We had fun together. We loved it. We loved not being in town. We loved being on trail. Yeah. Uh, we weren't jonesing to get to town ever. And when we were in town, we were like wanting to get back out there. Um, I do think that you're right. That was a bit of, of a read. And we, we, we were happy together. We weren't like, oh God, I've got to yeah. sleep next to this person again you know whereas on the cdt it's hard when you're fighting and you're sleeping two inches away from that person Ooh, that is a tough time <laughs> anyway what about you triple up yeah i think i mean I, I on every hike i think you're right there comes a moment when you really have things dialed in and it's like everything's flowing well that's what i i think that's the best but that wasn't necessarily in the beginning hikes or the middle hikes or the end the last hikes i was doing that was in all i felt at some point in all of them i got to that moment where yeah stuff was together and that's that was is good i think if i went out and hiked a long trail tomorrow I would get there i first of all i wouldn't do it because you know but <laughs> you'd get there and i think you'd have that same great feeling the other thing that that i appreciate that special spoke to like he talked about the PCT, even though he didn't complete it. Um, I, the one thing that I feel really proud of for myself is the ability to take it in stride, which is something that's very hard for me in my everyday life is to accept changes of plans and to prioritize the bigger picture over the details, even though I'm not a details person. Um, like for example, um, I just feel like I'm much better able to be like, oh, well, the plans changed and maybe we're not going to finish now. Like there are some things that happen on the ICT, like, you know, it's just the kind of the way the trail goes. Unknowns get thrown at you. And we had a really tight time window because of me. And we were like, we're going to have to take this alternate. And it's so much longer. And I was like, well, maybe we won't finish. Oh, well, that's fine. You know, and um I'm proud of that for myself to be able to see that the joy that I get is being on the trail. And if I don't complete it, that's okay. And if the plans change and we do two miles instead of 20 because of whatever, okay, whatever. Um, you know, so as long as you don't run out of food, that's something that I feel like I really appreciate about myself. All, All right. right. Question, Question number two. Number two. Greetings, trail show. I'm a long time listener and first time ask a hiker questioner. Over the years of listening, I've grown weary of hearing about Dilo's landscaping. Why isn't he hiking? I think to myself, why does his garden need to be so pretty? I wonder. Why doesn't he enjoy nature more? I grumble. But now, with our lockdown and quarantine situation, I have to admit that instead of getting out on the trail like I have done in the past, I am looking to start on some landscaping projects. I figure if I can get in some hard work and make the place I'm confined in more beautiful and be outside in the process, well, that's a win-win-win situation. 
So my question tonight is how does one get into landscaping? What would be mm. a good introductory project? Should I remove some grass? Should I start a vegetable <laughs> garden or plant a flower bed? What books should I read? I must admit, I feel a bit overwhelmed by the choices in front of me, and I just want to get on the trail, but I can't, and so I must landscape. So where do I start? Cheers. Love the show. Give my best to pee. I mean, out of order. Andy, the aspiring <laughs> gardener. Oh, Andy. Man, Man we, we need... Where's yeah. Dilo? We're going to have to defer to... Espesh, you've been doing some stuff out in the yard, right? Oh, we're out of landscaping Man. experts. <laughs> Dilo is MIA. Spesh can't hear us. Well, we I did some. Him. I did some landscaping at our old house. Um, I'm, ba I'm back. Oh, Spesh oh, is, is back. Okay, baby. What do you recommend as a first project? Uh, uh, I would say build some garden boxes and uh, yeah, and maybe a compost bin. Yeah. So that you can start composting and and enriching your soil a little bit. Uh, and yeah, build some garden boxes and start with like. Uh, salad greens and and radishes mm. and things that grow nice and fast so that you can get like a good reward from it uh you could probably do like landscaping 101 and just cut some grass i guess if you if you just like really want to go basic but yeah would, better would you recommend a pvc pipe dome Oh my gosh. <laughs> i if you're into it i would i would recommend uh expecting it to get crushed by winter snows <laughs> particularly if those are record-breaking snows yeah you know frito Rolte garcia is uh growing hemp this year for the first time hey now and he just built himself a pvc pipe uh greenhouse two of them two of them that are giant and he built all these seedling tables i'm i'm pretty impressed that I, I uh i mean He's he's lived on a farm now for a long time, so he's he's developed a lot of you know handy skills as you do when you live on a farm. But I'm pretty impressed; they they look really nice. Um, I I would live there. Well, not in the summer; it'd be way too hot. But um, they look livable to me. I don't think you're supposed to live in them. I don't think, but so. I think the hemp plants are. It's for the seedlings. Yeah, it's their house. So I guess you know you just. Yeah, go, go hey, with one, something small. One thing I wouldn't recommend, so the first garden POD and I oh ever had God. together was 750 square feet. And I don't recommend anything horrible. that size as your first garden. Go small yep. and, and decide if you like it. Like do some raised beds or some garden boxes like Spesh was talking about. Do a couple of them. Keep it small. See if you like it. If you like it, then the following year go bigger and just well, ramp up don't don't go whole hog on your no. one the other thing i'll say is that raised beds are so much better because our gardens that we've had for the most part have been on the ground and the weeding is just back breaking yep and if you have raised beds <clears throat> you can even bring out a little tiny step stool type thing and you can you know not break your back when you're weeding so but yes also start small yeah. You could also play a video game like Farmville. And just have a virtual <laughs> a virtual experience. Like Stardew Valley where you just, just you know, virtually farm. Just make sure you don't expect that those things you do virtually are gonna show up in your actual backyard. Doesn't quite work like that. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh any more ask a hiker questions, there's Triple O. That's 
all we got for Ask a Hiker. There's a question three, but there's no question with it. Well, I guess that's it for tonight. Um, I do think we need to have a tent steak review, though. So I'm going to screw up some music. Oh, yeah. We're going to rock out here for a hot minute. All right, everybody. Let's rock out. All right. Let's talk tent steak special. You said you had something for us earlier, right? Yes. I mean, everybody's uh, anxious to get out on the trail, but you can't do that. But that doesn't mean that you can't find alternative uses for a tent steak around the house. Mm. So I've just got a couple of ideas and then we'll open it up. Maybe you guys have got some as well. Uh, First one would be, you know, I think everybody knows that I, I like those like shepherd's hooks that are real, real skinny. Turns out perfect for kebabs as well Ooh. so you can oh, you know yeah. skewer your favorite vegetables or meats and uh however you like to do your kebabs and then and then you've got some uh some some perfect little eating utensils that come with it nice um, that's a good idea yeah uh so another one is uh if you tie a piece of your uh um your like guy line to one like the you know the the like little notch or whatever on a tent stake and then you glue a feather to the to like the spiky side of it you can use that as a cat toy oh uh to to uh, guide your cat around the kitchen by the way did asha the cat make it off the roof today uh i got her off the roof yeah i went okay. out there she was freaking out yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> hey uh oh, breaking news about tent stakes by the way yeah I just sent Mark Weatherington the terrible video that I recorded of Disco opening the bottle. I admit it. It's not a great video. It's okay? a horrible video. The, the problem is I was like looking it's at him. It's one of the worst videos I've ever. I was looking at him and I was like, I can see him do it. But I didn't really look at my phone to see if the camera angle was very good. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a video taking one away. I know. Where the I'm camera's so, pointed. So bad. Um. But anyway, he said, uh, let me review. Look suspect. All right. Fair is fair. Donation coming your way. Well done. Boom, bam. $50. $50. Make you hollers. We'll have to figure out who we're going to send yeah, it along we're gonna, to. Yeah, we're going to give it to, uh, I don't know, something worthy. Something yep. good. And I'll shoot another video next yeah, time we're out I on mean, the patio. I, I, I can do this video all day long. I can do it in my <laughs> sleep, Mark. Okay. He truly did open it without a problem. There was no... Yeah, I mean, it was pretty quick. Yeah. Anyway, well, so, yeah. I okay. think this is the part of the show where we end the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been going for three and a half hours. It's time to sign off. It's time to sign off. All right, folks, we want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to... We're talking to us about his hike of the route in between, a.k.a. the rib. Big thanks to Connor Devane from Hike the Divide for talking to us about his new film, which is available to view right now at hikethedivide.com. Check it out. And thanks to our show sponsor, Rapid Pure. The only thing worse than a group of hangry hikers, a group of thangry hikers. That's anger due to thirst, in case you're wondering. Good news. You can and should, dehydration is bad, prevent Fanger in the backcountry with Rapid Pure Trailblazer Blazer Gravity System. Like all Rapid Pure products, it removes 99.99% of viruses, bacteria, and parasites. It's the fastest gravity purifier on the market 
with a blisteringly fast flow rate of up to five liters per minute. Boom. Man, you can take a shower in that. Boop, boop. At that pace, it only takes a few seconds to fill your water bottle. Fast and easy to use as there's no batteries, priming, or pumping required. After initial setup, just fill the bag and hang it from a tree for pure, great-tasting water. The 9-liter bag means you don't have to be constantly making trips to refill it. Available at REI, EMS, and Sportsman's Warehouse. Thanks and praise to all our monthly trail show donors. Get yourself a trail show koozie and some stickers for a $15 or more donation at thetrailshow.com. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com, on Twitter at Trail Show, on Instagram and Facebook at The Trail Show, on the Stitcher app, Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iTunes, and now on Spotify. Another Trail Show has come and gone, but don't fret. We'll be back in May for our eight-year anniversary show. Wow. That's awesome. Until then, for POD, D-Lo, Special 41, Triple O, and the good folks at Rapid Pure, I'm Disco. Ciao. Estas son las mañanitas que cantamos. Okay, bye. P.O.D., you gotta give Disco another roll of toilet paper. Yeah, come on. I just put another roll of toilet paper on the bathroom. One roll's not Not gonna last me until May. Well, it's gonna have to. I saw this guy set up this thing that would take his two ply TP and divide it into two rolls of one ply. That doesn't seem like a good idea. I think that's a bad idea. Your finger's gonna break through and then it's gonna be gross. Yeah. Yeah. Or you you just go straight bidet, right? Yeah. That's right. Bidet life. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag bidet life, right? Yep. That's right. Okay. Very good. Well, I don't know what happened to D'Lo. He came on for a hot second and then he was gone again. I guess he got called to duty. So. Yeah, I think as I'm doing that super glue suggestion Triple O made earlier. (laughs) Yep. Maybe we'll see him next time. He's probably doing a little bit of of evening landscaping. (laughs) 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 Landscaping by headlamp. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. All well, right. it was good to see you guys, albeit via the computadora. Virtually. Yeah. Good to see y'all, too. Stay, stay safe. Stay corona-free. You, okay. too. All, All right, right, y'all. All, All right. right. Till next month. Time to go to bed. Hasta la vista. Hasta la bye-bye. All right. Night. Ciao. All right. Ciao. Ciao. I have a fundamental issue with the fact that there's two satyrs. I bought a cheesecake the other day. What the hell are you doing out here, boy? We have yeah. so much beer. Oh, I know. That we actually use the beer as a backcountry bidet instead of using toilet paper. <laughs> Could you just duct tape it to your chest? <laughs> Leo, stop super gluing your brother's head. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I have no. She blew the video, guys. <laughs> we just it's watched. It's not the best video. Oh, my God. <laughs> she blew the f***ing video. That is so disappointing. <laughs>
It's not like it was complicated. You have a phone. You don't know how to take a video with it. Uh-huh. And she's on her phone all day. She's a master of that phone, and she blew the video. You just cost some That's 50 noble bucks. charity $50. I'm gonna it's st- all right. We'll, we'll vouch for you. The, the pop was pretty clearly audible. Yeah, exactly. It was. I can't Let's believe it. Let's see if that. I have his phone number. Oh. All right. Oh, I do. I'm gonna send him. The I think you right gotta now. just recreate it. I know. I mean, I could, I could take a freaking six pack and pop them all in less than thirty seconds. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> How big of a boy are you? I'm not, I'm not gonna waste good beer that way, but it's not very difficult. I've got a patented technique, you see. 